When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com. For all the latest podcasts, news, and views, or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow. And I'm delighted to be joined by Ricky Sachs from Last Word on Spurs and also Jamie Brown, also of Last Word on Spurs and the founder of the Daily Hotspur, Spurs men through and through. And it has to be said that the Dortmund result, not just in terms of the 1-0 in the second leg, but 4-0 across the tie, is fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful performance in the Champions League. It really has been an incredible season in the in the competition. Listen, all to play for. It's going to be a, a wonderful journey. I can't wait to see what we're going to get in the quarterfinals. So much to look forward to. But I think we're going to be talking about, especially in this first half, a real mature Spurs. You know, people talk about, is this side growing? Is it stagnating? God, you can see it is learning. They still are learning. And I think the experience that we've had in the Champions League over these last two or three years, it's done us justice now because you can see just what you're getting out of this group. They are learning as a Go on and evolve. Mm, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, it's, it's a year ago today we uh, were eliminated by Juventus at, at the round of 16 stage. So it just shows how far we've come in the space of a year. Um, I feel as though the Dortmund performance was a real sign of how much we've matured. Um, obviously, we were the only side uh, to have advanced who, who, who had the lead in the first leg. Obviously, PSG, Real Madrid and Roma all had leads and um, we were the only side that managed to go and get the job done. So... Um, yeah, really unlike unspursy like performance, and um, <laughs> yeah, obviously brilliant, brilliant performance. But this wasn't, you say, get the job done. Absolutely, you did that incredibly mm. professionally. But this wasn't a case of clinging on, was it? It was actually really professional, mm. really calm, and really comfortable. And whilst the attacking display in the first leg, in particular, was exceptional, 
is the most pleasing thing for you as Spurs fans, the fact that you kept out one of the most free-scoring teams in Europe for 180 minutes? Yeah, and not just that, they're top of the Bundesliga. I think that's the first time they've lost at home mm. this season. Harry Kane is one of the only players to score as an opposition there. It's in Champions League, I think. It's just yeah. been simply incredible. And the first game was about Spurs being ruthless, taking their chances. The second game, you know, I've got to describe that for me as one of the most professional European away performances in, what, the last 20, 30 years by a Premier League mm. side to go there and play the way we did. And you've got to give a lot of credit to Maurizio Pochettino. You know, he's been there for four or five seasons. Yes, we haven't yet won a trophy. But what he has done is this group have grown in belief year after year. And you can see that. And, you know, you look at the limitations that he's been under this season. We've discussed it on so many occasions. The lack of signings. Mm. Players late back from a World Cup. Having to play every single game away from home. You know, the multiple injuries that we've, we've also discussed so many times on this show. And to do what he's done with this group is magnificent. And there's absolutely no reason why. If the draw is favourable, if it's not. Spurs have already shown they can beat big teams. They've beaten Real Madrid. Well, Spurs are a big team. Spurs are a big team. Thank you very much, Johnny. <laughs> That's a good start. There you go. Spurs are a big team. But they, they show they can do it. It's going to be a, a wonderful, wonderful mm. draw to come. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, it was just such a defensively we were absolutely outstanding you know there was obviously players that have we've criticized in the past but you know the likes of Ben Davis and Sergio we really stepped up and it was just you know such great desire to try and get over the line in, in Dortmund and um, yeah um, obviously attacking wise we were very limited um, but obviously Harry and Harry Kane had one chance and he's taken that chance and it just shows you what fantastic striker he is and um, yeah what fantastic performance. Yeah, the incredible value of having arguably the best number nine in the world leading the line. Gents, you both talked a lot about the improvement of this Spurs team, which has obviously been massive. Talked a lot about the extent to which that is down to Pochettino as well, who is rightly known as a coach who does wonderful things on the training ground and really improves players both technically and in terms of work rate. But comparing this result in this tie to Juventus a year ago, mm. it seems to me that actually part of this was psychological. Yep. And mm. how much of that improving psychology is also down to Pochettino? A lot of it. I think he made a point of bringing Daniel Levy yeah. with him to watch the training that was going on at Borussia Dortmund Stadium. And I think the, ref the reference was there changing the DNA yeah. changing the, the belief inside the squad you know whether we go all the way and win it that's another question maybe we can come on to that later in the show but it is just about trying to adapt trying to move forward mm. and Pochettino has got to find different ways of spicing up the squad because the fact of the matter is that we have had the same <laughs> players there for the last two or three seasons therefore if you're going to have the same group you've got to find out ways to really try and just not maybe ruffle a few feathers but spice it up a little bit mm. and the instruction of Daniel Levy bringing in the chairman with you to the ground to oversee the training maybe that does add a little bit mm. of incentive because he said he learned that from when he watched Juventus a year ago and as Jamie says we sit here a year later we've dominated the, to say dominated the tie we've, we've won the, over two legs 4-0 which, again, we can't take that for granted. 4-0 mm. against top of the table <laughs> in their league, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, you know, a side that have yeah. played in Europe for God knows how many seasons there. Established. Finished above Atletico this yeah. season. In They've group, won it, so. of course. Yeah, of course. So we're talking about a very good side there and you can't downplay mm. just what a magnificent mm. result the way Pochettino's done it tactically as well with this group against the top side. Of course, with the Juventus exit, that wasn't a case of a poor performance, really, at any point. What it was was a late capitulation yeah. under pressure, 
with that in mind, in either Dortmund game, was there ever a moment late on where there was just a moment where you thought, hang on a minute, is this going to be like last time round? You always, I mean, you always think that with Spurs. I mean, it got to the 90th minute and we were, you know, they still needed five goals. But anyway, um, I think I think it was just a case of, you know, against Juventus, they, they really just showed a huge amount of experience in Europe. You know, they made all the right changes. Perhaps we were, we didn't set up the right way. We perhaps could have kept going for another goal. Um, and obviously, as I mentioned, they, they really showed that they were a very experienced side. And, and Dortmund quite easily could have done the same to us as Juve did last year. You know, they could have maybe, they've got such a wealth of, of European experience and perhaps they could have um, used that. But I think we just completely, our whole performance, we adapted to, to, to try and defend and we just blocked them out perfectly. As well as talking Spurs, we will, of course, be covering the Europa League action. There's football going on at the moment. I know it will pain you, gents, and a lot of your listeners to hear the word Arsenal come out of my lips on this show. They're in action at the moment. I might be able to make you feel a little bit better when I tell you what's currently going on in Wren as Arsenal take on Wren. Arsenal went a goal up through Alex Iwobi just three minutes in. Then all went a little bit wrong for Unai Emery's men. A red card for Socrates on the 41st minute mark. That was for a second yellow. Just one minute later, Borrego made it one all. For you, and I'm not trying to wind you up here, but last night we saw arguably the most professional Champions League performance from an English club in recent memory from Spurs. This evening, we're seeing a fairly unprofessional (laughs) Europa League performance from Arsenal. Does this, for you, confirm that the balance of power in North London has shifted? You talk about levels. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to use the word, Ricky, but yeah. It's, Joe, they're, a, they're a side in transition, if we're being fair. Mm. They've got a new manager there. Mm. They've got good players. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's still, still some way apart difference between the two sides, I think, at the moment. Yeah. I think Spurs, last two or three years, being in the Champions League, you do learn a lot about the team, where it's at, yeah. where it needs to improve. And, you know, the difference is there. The, the gap is there between the two sides. You know, we're reflecting on the back of what's been... It's been a bit of a crazy couple of weeks for Tottenham. Yeah. Obviously, we are, we sat here two or three weeks ago, Jamie, and was on top of the world <laughs> in terms of the Premier League, in terms of that result against Dortmund. Then we were maybe brought down, back down to earth a little bit by the defeat to Burnley mm. and then Chelsea. But the Arsenal result has picked us up. I think that was so key, Hugo Lloris's save in that game, because you do feel mm. that the momentum may have changed the confidence just got us, that was it was an important result at that one one it really was mm, I think the Arsenal game was really quite interesting actually I think that um, obviously we're in a really poor run of form um, we were playing so poorly on the day I thought I was really quite disappointed with how we played and yet Arsenal still weren't unable to capitalize on us so I think that that really shows you know how far we've come that it was Arsenal you know that w- Spurs were the side expecting to win. Uh, we go and play poorly, we're there for the taking, but Arsenal are still unable to capitalise on us. So I think that that match really showed for me that Spurs are the number one team in North London. I had the lads from Gunnerstown in here on Monday night and they were suggesting that Arsenal were pretty unlucky not to win that game, not just because they missed a last-minute penalty, which obviously is hard to take for any fan, but because they felt that the balance of that particular game perhaps went Arsenal's way. Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think I think that on the on the balance of it, there were a number of decisions. I think there was, for me, there were probably four red cards that happened. It was two other side. I think Sanchez could have gone, Rose could have gone, yeah. but then Jacka could have gone. Jacka uh, always could have gone. Yes. If, it, if in doubt, <laughs> what a game started, he could have gone. Could <laughs> get sent exactly. off. Exactly. Um, but his challenge on Kane and obviously Torreira was sent off. So I think. 
Um, on the balance of it, I think it was probably okay. I think Aubameyang's penalty was very contentious. So, you know, and then Kane's penalty also contentious. was very contentious. So I think there's there's decisions all over the pitch so, that were poor, and I think that that's another big point to make. It just seems like the yeah. level of officiating in the country is is somewhat worrying at the moment. I think the victor that's come out the last couple of games is Hugo Lloris. And myself here, I've been quite critical of Hugo this season. And yes, I, likewise. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you, I still don't hold back in terms of what I've said previously about Hugo. For me, he's a wonderful shot stopper. Don't get me wrong, wonderful shot stopper. But this season, in big games... Mm. He's got a gaff in him. He's got, he's got, when I say gaff in him, it's a lack of concentration and poor judgment and decision-making. But it doesn't take away from the fact that you know he was pivotal mm. to keeping that clean sheet against Borussia Dortmund, where he was amazing. He's made a wonderful big save against Arsenal, which I think has changed momentum. I just hope for him, he's now turned a corner. I've got no mm-hmm. doubt, listen, he's a World Cup winner. He's a top-quality keeper, and it would cost Spurs a fortune to replace yeah. him. I want to be clear that I don't expect Spurs to go out there and just replace Hugo Lloris tomorrow. I'm not saying that. It would cost a lot of money, but I'm hoping we don't have to even look at replacing Hugo Lloris. I hope he's with Spurs for years to come, mm-hmm. and he can regain the form that we know he's a top class keeper but that's the only criticism of his game that I've only ever said is that he has to improve on that judge the judgment and the decision making and the distribution it must have been a very odd few months for Hugo Lloris you Mm. raised the world cup with your nation as France goalkeeper captain massively important figure then you find yourself in hot water about Mm. driving under the influence and your form then perhaps understandably goes off the boil a little bit at domestic level is what you're suggesting Ricky that he's turned a corner I hope so. And the fact of the matter is that throughout this whole year or so, six months, Pochettino stuck with him. He stuck by his man. Yeah. He's the captain of the club. And that's a big thing as well. Being the captain, being the leader, he embraces yeah. Spurs. You know, we always have to remember with Hugo that this is why I'm going to give him a lot of credit because when Pochettino came to the club, Hugo wasn't that happy with mm. where Spurs were going. And Pochettino was the one that, you know, kind of reined him in, you know, said to him, look, Stick with me. It's a project. Believe, and he. And to be fair, he has. You know, he stayed at Spurs, where yeah. it could have been very easy for him to demand a move. Links to Real Madrid, various yeah, other clubs. Exactly. He's been very loyal. I think. I, I think it's very interesting that Pochettino stuck by him after that. The whole drink driving incident. I think that that. Re- any other player at Spurs would have been out the door. You know, we've seen how many times have we seen? I don't Pochettino? think Harry Kane would be out. Harry <laughs> Kane could do almost. Uh, he could ride a horse <laughs> drunk, and there'd be no problem. Exactly. They still score. <laughs> there are so, obviously there are certain players, but I think how many times have we seen players cross Pochettino, like of Andros Townsend, Adebayor, Etienne Gapoue, blimey, these are some awful names. Um, <laughs> um, you know that they have all players that have crossed the line, but I think it's really interesting that Pochettino stuck by him, kept him in the team, brought him straight back into the team after. The injury and um, yeah I think he's the long term for Spurs yeah and standing by him looks like it was absolutely the right decision coming up we'll be taking some of your questions and if you want to get in touch live that number again is 0208 70 20 558 don't this is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and I'm joined by, as we know, Jamie Brown from the Last Word on Spurs podcast, Rick from the last word on Spurs podcast. And now we have an extra face in the form of Lee McQueen. Hello, hello. How are you, Johnny? You right? Very well, thank you, Lee. What was your take on the Dortmund game? I thought it was rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) No, hello. uh, Good evening, listeners. I was just battling the London traffic tonight, which is uh, is why I've just come in, so forgive me for that. Um, The Dortmund game, I actually thought it was absolutely magnificent. 
Um, and I wax lyrical about this, didn't I, lads, on the on the uh, on the WhatsApp group that we have yeah. between us. Um, and and the biggest reason why, Johnny uh, and listeners, is because I, I don't think I've seen a more together, mature performance from a Tottenham team, certainly under Potticino, than than what we saw uh, the other night against Dortmund. I thought it was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. And there was a lot. There was a, there was a lot of friends actually my friends said oh what are we doing you know we're not there we're not this and so I was I, I swear I was not worried I did not think I, I swear I didn't I thought I just I, I don't know what it was I thought we had it was just such a mature performance and it was magnificent and I used that word a couple of times because I genuinely thought it was and, and I think that's a little bit of a coming of age and I'll tell you mm. why I say that Jamie is because I think they are the sorts of performances that we need to be able to put in yeah. in, in a Man City away, yeah. in a Liverpool, Liverpool Anfield in, in the next couple of weeks or so. Do you know what I mean? To, to make sure that we're still in and amongst it. Sometimes you, you have to find a way to yeah. to do something different and, and we did that really well, I think. Yeah, I thought I think that was a big point actually that we kind of adapted to the way that uh, obviously the, the tie, we obviously defending a 3-0 lead, we set up more defensively which was exactly what we needed to do and I think that, that was really great that Pochettino showed flexibility in his tactics I think somebody somebody else might have said this um, but I'm nicking it um, <laughs> it, it do you know what it was like Johnny uh, and the guys do you know what it was like it was like a boxer who had been battered yeah mm. it was like round one round two round three and it's like come on what else have you got what else have you got and it's almost like Tottenham were kind of taking all them punches on the chin they weren't going down it was lost it's just defending at certain times or whatever Hugo having a weldy all of them things and then they said you know what I'm going to knock you out and they come out in the second half and boom they knocked him out and it was it was it was marvellous yeah what do you think Rick? Uh, do you know what I've said this I've talked about briefly at the start but you know you look at the fact that in the past few games you know we've been undermined I think by costly individual errors at the back Particularly in the two-nil def- defeat to Chelsea, I think you look at that one. But the defenders and the goalkeeper, they they made amends in general, and you know they threw themselves in front of everything. You know Ben Davis in that first half threw himself. Hugo Lloris, a couple of great saves. Jan Vertonghen. Now the Jan Vertonghen tackle that will oh be a tackle goodness. in oh four, four seven or eight years. Also, I want to going to correct this. So Jan finishes his career at Spurs. Yeah. Doesn't go else <laughs> anywhere. You're going to see that tackle in years to come. Well, that will be retweeted or it's going to be on video or DVD mm. or whatever you want to call it. Hopefully not DVDs too much on this show. But it was a wonderful, wonderful tackle. And that was Ledlius, wasn't it, Lee? It, it was. And it's quite interesting as well because it was following on from Lloris and Vertonghen's what last stitch amazingness in the North London derby. Yeah. And, it, and it followed on from that, right? Because ultimately, that's what gave us, I think, the confidence. I, I know we don't probably want to talk about the Arsenal game too much, but that that end of that game was absolutely massive for, oh, for, awesome. for Tottenham Hotspur football mm. club season. And you know, to go and do what we did to Dortmund in the first leg and then approach the second leg the way we did, yeah. I thought we were magnificent, guys. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I said I was disappointed with the performance at Arsenal, but the way to the way we bounced back against Dortmund was just brilliant. So, yeah, really, really pleasing. Oh, here we go. Well, here we go. Ricky Sachs has just made a noise of glee because <laughs> Lee McQueen there, you were saying that in the last few moments in the North London derby, Aubameyang missed a penalty. Larice <laughs> saved it. Fantastic for Tottenham <laughs> oh season. A catalyst God. to bigger and better things. Could it have done the absolute opposite for Arsenal? All started so well away at Wren. 
in the Europa League. 1-0 up after three minutes. Then 41st minute, Socrates gets sent off. 42nd minute, Ren equalised. And just now in the 65th, Nacho Monreal, normally so dependable for the Gunners, put the ball in the back of his own net. Oh, dear. Perfect. Oh, this dear. It's a perfect evening so far, isn't Absolutely it? But this, this, this is normally where they start to tear away, you know, fall away. March... Hey, this is where the time they normally start falling away. Well, it's worth remembering as well that Arsenal, even in this season's Europa League, do have previous of a disappointing first leg and still making it yep. through. So we won't write them off yet, but it's certainly been a better week for Tottenham. Interesting to hear you, gents, really focusing in on that Vertonghen challenge on Marco yeah, Royce. Yeah. Fantastic, not just because of how good the challenge was, but because it's Marco Royce mm. who is definitely going to score. Add that in to how impressive Vertonghen was coming forward in the first leg where he was effectively deployed as a left wing back. There was an assist in there. There was a goal. <laughs> he was a, well, he's he's a man, man of the time. He, was, he yeah. was amazing. He was uh, over, the two, over the two legs, he was amazing. And, you know, I, I also love the fact that Potticino, and he, we always talk about, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Potticino don't get enough credit. I think he actually does get a load of credit now. I'm just going to give him a little bit more. <laughs> that, that, that tactical change, Johnny, that he made, was it 20 minutes in? Into, into uh, the first half, and because yes, he had yeah. he had Son and Kane up front, right? Mm, that's right. And then he pulled Son back, just and, and he moved Ericsson around, and 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 we ended up playing well, parking the bus, yeah. dare I say? But that's what makes me laugh actually is that sometimes to 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 set up in that way and to get that result, that's what it takes. And yeah. tactically, I thought Potocino got it spot on, and for Tong and like you say, John, over the two games, oh, he was amazing, wasn't he, Ricky? I was. I was just he was simply incredible, and you know. <laughs> I think with a Tongan, he looks like he's getting better with age. And we've yeah. been lucky at Spurs. I think to have overseen one of the best central defensive partnerships in Vertonghen and Aldevira, it's been amazing. Now we've got Sanchez coming through. And I know Sanchez has made a few mistakes, but you have to bear in mind that he's a young defender. I think he's only 22. And the only way Sanchez is going to learn is through getting games. And believe me, this Champions League experience for him over these last couple of seasons, being in it, will only benefit him long term. With that in mind, Sanchez, of course, came to the club with a lot of Europa League experience. He'd mm. won it with Ajax. Mm. And you mentioned three people there, Sanchez, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, all through the Ajax Youth Academy. Add Christian Eriksen into the equation. And how much yeah. do Tottenham Hotspur's current team have to thank <laughs> that Ajax funny, system we've, we've for? We've got a question in front of our listeners here saying, are we going to assign any more Ajax players? Oh. I, will, I will tell you who <laughs> has come, that question's coming from in a second, but... I think anyone you buy from Ajax, you're almost guaranteed. Well, it was interesting. As soon as Ajax went through against Real Madrid, I was yeah. thinking, hello, you know, everyone's making that connection. <laughs> so then I went on to Wikipedia and had a look at Ajax's squad <laughs> and started having a look. Oh, who else yeah, can you buy? Yeah. You, can't, you can't have Frankie de Jong, who He's was fantastic. Gone, He's gone. is the yeah. man. De Ligt yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. David Neres as well is Link the, with him. the Brazilian yeah. winger. Really, really, really impressive. Good. He was actually brought into Ajax with some expense, mm. but you could probably poach him as well. Yeah, Hakim Ziyech as well. He he looks a very impressive player. I cannot see how he's still at Ajax. I know. So he's yeah. been tearing up. He tore it up for Twente before he was even at Ajax. Really? Really? I cannot see how a major European club, no disrespect to Ajax, they are a major European yeah, yeah, club, yeah. but an English club, a Spanish club haven't come in for him. Could Tottenham be the destination? Well, I think I think that they make um, they make brilliant players uh, through their academy, as 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 we've just said, um, and they fit into the kind of the mould, if you like, for mm. for, for what yeah. Tottenham are looking for, and also the mould on the sense of the wages, because when you're an Ajax player, you don't get paid. Yeah. 
scrupulous amounts of wages like other top European clubs. So they almost become a, a perfect foil, if you like, for Spurs to, to, to go and find new players mm. from. And it's also such an exciting club to come to, Spurs. I think it's a perfect, dare I say, a step, maybe a step in between or, or a place that they can go and achieve themselves. Um, but yeah, I think obviously Pochettino, fantastic track record with developing young players. So for me, it's just the perfect destination. So, some of them goals that Ajax scored the other night. Ridiculous. Oh, it's Absolutely yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, fr- the free kick. Goals. The free kick that was, that was just swung uh, in and oh, beautiful. What was, the, what was the turn that um, oh, Dusan Tadic? That was Dusan Tadic, yeah. Not I mean, the same man who no, was playing no. for Southampton. Johnny, I was going to say, where was that in Southampton? He's got a body double. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a twin brother. Like 10 million for him or something like that and he's doing a burnabout, tearing it up, doing that I mean it was incredible <laughs> I read a really interesting forward. thing about Tadic's performance which is he was given a 10 out of 10 by L'Equipe yeah. who are well well known in France and across the world for being brutal with their well, ratings they gave a um, load of Man United players rated fours yeah well they give they give people twos display. they've only given Lionel Messi 10 twice in his whole career so Dusan <laughs> Tadic Chelich, and the Bernabeu yeah, something, like that. Yeah, something like the eighth eighth player ever or tenth player ever by Lakeith to get a ten so and how good he was coming up we'll be getting our teeth into more of the Spurs action this is Love Sport you are of course listening to the Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Radio and it's that time in the show where we like to answer some of your questions if you've got one for my panel of wonderful Spurs experts right now you can ring in 0208 70 20 558. But Ricky Sachs, I believe you've got some in front of you. Yeah, we can kick off in this direction, no problem at all. So we've got a question in here from, let's go to Danny Walsh at DPW30603. Great handle, digits Danny. in there. Great handle, <laughs> what Danny do you Walsh. think Pochettino said to the players at half time? Well, I think you said, carry on, carry on doing what you're doing. I mean, we're defending a lot in that first half, but the great thing with Spurs' team is that it's always got a goal in them. Mm. And even their goalkeeper referred to the fact with Kane, you've got a beast of a player there. And with Harry Kane, you know, give him an opportunity, he can take it. And Kane yeah. is a big game player. You see the games he scores in, Champions League, against the big teams, the likes of the United, the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's, the Liverpool's you can almost guarantee that Kane will have an effect yeah. in a big game. And the great thing for Spurs is that that goal, effectively, it did kill the tie. I mean, you'd argue as a Spurs fan, even 4-0 up, you were concerned maybe they'll score five. But let's be honest, after mm. 4-0, you could just relax a little bit that we wouldn't get that result. I think it was he would have just said, just carry on what you're doing. Because I think the longer it went on, the more frustrated the arena became. And obviously, that's such a big factor for them. The noise that their, the, the, their fans generate um, and... As I said, the longer it went on, the, the more frustrated they became, the quieter the crowd, crowd became. And um, as we mentioned, Kane took his one chance and what a place it is. It is a brilliant finish, wasn't it? I think that just, just off the back of that as, as well, if I may, um, the, the way that we set up and the way that we were work, if you flip that, if we were Dortmund, say our Spurs, all the Spurs fans, all the Spurs listeners, they know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> if we were Dortmund, how frustrated would we be? Mm. How... You know, the, the whole, you talk, Jamie, about getting the crowd frustrated, but everyone behind that would have been frustrated. <coughs> and it was just playing into Tottenham's hands as it, it ended up being. Mm. Every more five minutes it went on, Weldy, goalkeeper, you know, it, it was like the Man United game early in the season for us where we were pounding the goal and yeah. just couldn't score. And it was like that for Dortmund. And the longer it went on, you just knew. And then Kane pops up, what was it, four minutes into the second half yeah. with that finish. Absolutely incredible stuff. So after that, it was, it, it was a done. The tie was done. 
Good question. So I've got a question, if I may, um, from Mr. Potticino at the Mac Boy. Uh, chaps, <laughs> why are uh, Spurs so effective with less preparation time? Immaculate defensive performance. Every player stepped up. Rose's adaptability. Dyer fitting in seamlessly. Yan's interception. All right, Mac Boy, that's all good. So, so the reality, <laughs> so the reality is, what what uh, at the Mac Boy is uh, saying to us is, why do you think we're more effective with less preparation, Jamie? Well, I'd say the one thing I'd say is that we're a very high intensity team, and I think that having a break perhaps maybe interrupts that. So, I think maybe consecutive games maybe does in a way um, benefit us because we, you know, we keep we keep just keep that intensity going, and um, yeah, that's something we really lacked when we we returned. Obviously, ten days off after the Dortmund three 0 uh, back at Burnley, a long trip up, up north, um, early kickoff. So perhaps yeah, it was something. Kickoff. To, yeah. Jace hates him, doesn't he? Like he does. So obviously, you know, as I said, we're a team that works very well in high intensity. So perhaps that that's an, that's the, been the issue. Having to react to short planning times before games and shorter times as well than your opposition has been very topical in European football this mm. week Arsenal haven't been happy and neither were United before that fantastic result last night mm. because in France both PSG and Rennes were given more time off mm. than the English sides were to prepare for their respective ties with that in mind this is something that Spurs could need to excel at in the future they could have less time than an opposition so do you think that's just another tool in Pochettino's armoury? We've been given enough experience of it, though, for the last two or three seasons. You know, the amount of games we've had, we've had so many. And I think, yeah, I mean, a part of what Jamie's saying is true. I think because of the way we play high-intensity football, we do just seem to be able to deal with that. And also you have to build into the fact Pochettino is probably one of the most, I'd say, ruthless managers in pre-season. You know, these double sessions that we always hear about, how he works the players. And that's why Spurs, typically, over a course of a season, we do score so many late goals because the team's the energy. It's still there. It's still going. It's still looking to win games. It's never say die. They always fight until the end. So that is the way Pochettino's designed his teams. I will tell you that if Pochettino wasn't in charge, it might be a completely different story. Some of the runs that we've had, like of, of consecutive games, have just been crazy, and and we've come through so many of them so well. So, I think the recent blip that we had in in the last three league games is probably to be expected because of the the squad size that we're working with. Obviously, very well documented, no signings over the summer, so it was obviously our squad's limited. Um, but I think that those sort of blips are perhaps inevitable. But we've just done so well to get through so many of those quick fixtures. Consecutively. I'm, I'm surprised you two weren't rabbiting on about transfers before I got <laughs> No, we're trying to keep it down. <laughs> is, that, is that a sore point that there wasn't more? Is that still no, something that Michael? Sure. I think no. listeners are getting sick no. of, yeah. of, of, of me discussing and talking about them. Yeah. But I think the fact of the matter is, we're not going to go on about it. Maybe in the second half of the show, we've discussed the squad at length. We all know it needs improving. We, we, all, yeah. we all know that. So it's silly to keep going over old ground. I think on a night like this where we're reflecting on a wonderful performance let's talk about the players that are here rather than exactly, the ones that exactly. aren't yeah. so there's players I think there's players like Sissoko who oh, you yes. know, perhaps at the start of the season we all were very unsure about him to well, put it lightly but you know Pochettino's t- transformed in, into a fantastic player and I think he's been as, just as good well I say Jay, you know, if the season was to end tomorrow just mm. say if it was I'd find it very hard to look at anybody I mean I say anybody else of course Jan Sonny but Sissoko would be right up there. And the reason why, for me, I think Sissoko would just nick it just is purely on the basis that, you know, the way he has turned his career around, I love to see players that have a journey about them. 
doesn't start off as great, but they come back and they rear their head. And the way he's fought has been incredible. I think the British public like that in general, don't they we? Do. Like kind mm. of an underdog. I mean, actually, Reggie Moore at Moore underscore Reggie makes that point. It's sort of, I, I don't have a carefully crafted question per se, but let's give loads of love for Winks and Sissoko. What a pair. How good has Sissoko been? Well, with that, SN Park asks, is Sissoko the best player in the world? <laughs> of course he is. Come on. <laughs> I think the ter- like, like the boys, like the lads have just touched on, I think the turnaround <clears throat> of Musa Sissoko has been mm. nothing short of, well, magnificent. I'm loving that word tonight. But it has been, isn't it? I mean, he, he, is, he is undroppable, Johnny. And I don't think that most of our listeners would have would have thought that six, eight months ago. Well, he was someone who, looking at the club externally, was <laughs> always a bit of an enigma and not a laughing stock, but perhaps someone who did get a giggle every now and then because he was someone who had the potential to do something brilliant and then just have a terrible first touch That's right. or yeah. give the yeah. ball away needlessly yeah. or do something where you think, how can you do yeah. the complex stuff so well yeah. and then struggle with the basics? But actually that consistency seems to be coming into his game now. I think he's also struggled. I mean, the fee that was paid for him, and this is the problem I always sometimes understand with big transfers, you get this fee that are hanging over their head when it's 30, when it's 40 million and almost like the player is shackled by that. And in a bizarre way, I think that with Dembele leaving the club, that has now allowed Musa to say Sissoko this is now to mm. really understand his responsibility <laughs> to step there, up right? but do you know what I mean because I think with Dembele going mm. Sissoko's realised that you know I have to perform it there's no choice it's my time yeah, I have to I take agree. it and, and don't forget he was just doing chat with you there Rick don't forget he was playing him in a slightly different position at the beginning That's he it. never really That's had right. that central no, midfield berth because Dembele was playing mm. there but you look at the, the key word that I'm going to use and the key aspect of why he's so good now is confidence you know, it is massive in all walks of life and yeah. anything that we do, if it's in media, if it's in business, like what we're doing in work or in sport, whatever it is, confidence is absolutely massive. And yeah. when your confidence is shot to pieces, it, you, you make different decisions. You do things differently. You hide. You may be, as a footballer, you may be passed backwards and you go sideways and rather than looking for that ball over the top or, or making them power. The guy is an absolute machine. Like When he runs forward, yeah. he's got energy to burn and he's always had that but he just didn't have the confidence to use it Mm. the message from lee there is that backing yourself is key and i'm (laughs) confident you'll still be with us after the break Uh this is love sport it is the Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Ra- Radio. Radio. And Jamie Brown <laughs> yes. has a question to kick us back off. Yep. So we've got a question in from Raj. That's at RKLALA81. He asked simply, what's up with Ericsson? I mean, very uh, very disappointing over the last few weeks. Um, it's interesting to try and put your finger on quite what it is. I mean, a stat would be, um, he's played. He's made 250 competitive appearances since August 2014. Uh, that means that he's averaged six point. He's played a game every 6.5 days for the last four and a half years. That's including closed seasons. That's including closed seasons. Sounds like he's tired, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 when you're in his sort of role, it, when you're fatigued and and you're tired, making those decisions become even more harder. And I think that when he's a player that's trying to create and looking for different options um that's obviously going to be significantly reduced and i think that a lot of a lot of the time i've seen him pass astray you know his pass has gone wild um and perhaps it is fatigue i don't know whether i don't know what you boys think about that well do you know what i think on ericsson we've had a lot of debates on his his head has it been turned what's his future at tottenham i think 
Deli Ali being out of the team has massively affected him. I think not mm. having Ali there, those three, Ali, Kane, Deli, they, they link up so well. Ali, Kane, <laughs> Ali, <laughs> Kane and Ericsson, they link up so well together. You can't downplay the fact of him not being there having an effect on him. And I just want to bring this question in here. Um, this is from James of Suffolk, who says, Old Man Hotspur, that's his tag handle. Ericsson, should we cash in? Not been looking at himself. Has the lad's head been turned? And if so, by who? Can't see him making the Barcelona first team. So Madrid. Mm. And then if so, maybe a bail plus cash deal. Don't, don't give me... Oh. So do you know... Bale. No. Right, so oh. all honesty. Don't all honesty now. Now, if that. this was an option on the table, <laughs> truth be told, can I be honest? I, I would... I would... Swap. Yeah, and I'm I'm seeing Lee McQueen pulling a face there, and I'm quite surprised like a, to see a Spurs fan, even with all the, the injury problems that Bale's had, not be delighted. Oh no, about I'm the delighted. No, no, are. don't. Yeah, it's a wrong face. Uh, I mean, <laughs> honestly, yeah. I mean, Bale comes back to uh, come home. Uh, absolutely. With all, I, that tro- absolutely with all those trophies, mm. all that winning experience to get that back in the Spurs team. Uh, j- just on the Ericsson thing, just just part that for a second. Just talk quickly about Bale because I love it. If Bale <laughs> came back to our football club, wouldn't the Premier League? That is the statement I'm putting out. I'm even, telling you, I'm, conv- I'm absolutely convinced of it, Johnny. I- I'm convinced. So even, with the that back, even with the fullbacks at the moment, you still thinking? I, I just do. I, f- I think this sank about mm. a But coming back to the Ericsson thing, on this show, on this very show, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Ericsson thing, and I, and I brought up, look, maybe, and I, and I think Jamie, to be fair, last week as well, we, you talked about this as yes. well, talking yeah. about cashing in on Ericsson to get some funds into the club to, uh, to to redistribute in areas like what you've just said, Ricky, like the fullbacks and so on and mm. so forth. I, I don't think I don't think that we should be throwing our players out of the club based on two or three performances. That's not. what I don't. No. Look at Sissoko. We just talked about him for five minutes, how good he's been. And Ericsson, the stats that you've just talked about with regards to Ericsson, absolutely f- phenomenal. And he is a phenomenal player. However... The only way that we're going to be able to afford the likes of a Wambasaka and a Chilwell and a Madison, for example, or, <coughs> or, or Gareth Bale, or whatever it might be, is to cash in on a big player. Now, mm. we're not going to cash in on Delhi, and we're not going to cash no. in on Kane. And they are two, uh, and Son is, 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 is here for life, I think. So the only, other, <laughs> the only other key massive player that we've got that would bring in the readies is Ericsson. And I, I don't know how I feel about it, Johnny, yeah. but I, I don't know. Well, the thing that I hear a lot from Spurs fans looking in from outside the club is how important Ericsson is to the team. Mm. I've heard a few people say it, that listen, Kane is the man who gets the headlines. Yep. He scores the goals. Son grabs the goals as well. But the person who makes us tick, no, the metronome yeah. in that midfield, is Ericsson. Yeah. With that in mind, even if you're swapping him for a fantastic talent like Gareth Bale, might you actually not quite realise what it is you're missing until it's gone? I think that's a brilliant, brilliant uh, point. And I think it was last season, Rick, Jamie, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong. But last season, we went to Southampton, ironically, who we played this weekend. Yeah, that's it. And um, it might have been the season we were chasing no, you, Chelsea, you are right. but it was last we season. Awful that and game we, did not, we did not play Ericsson. No, that's right. And we were woeful. <laughs> and we lost. And again, it's an isolated game, so don't get me wrong, I'm not getting carried away. But when you, Johnny, you made the point, when you look at that team without him in it, we do lack that creativity. Mm. But what, we've, what we would have, for example, with a Gareth Bale, and it's not a like-for-like replacement, so I'm no. not making that before yeah. people start screaming at me on Twitter. But the reality <laughs> is, when you when you look at a Gareth Bale, he is 
on another level. He's got three Champions Leagues under his belt. He's got an overhead free kick in a Champions League final to win it. The winning mentality. What he did for our club. Go back and have a look at what he did for our club. Now, he might be a different player for the better, by the way, because actually he's got six years now of experience in playing a different league and winning Champions Leagues. It's a difficult one. I don't think the bell thing will actually happen anyway based no. on wages. So no. the, the point that uh, the... Uh, um, uh, old man Hotspur uh, made was should we cash on an Ericsson yeah. I'm not convinced no I think it's all down to how he feels and um, and his contract situation um, I, I've always felt that Ericsson kind of has this plan in his head of what he wants to do I think that that's going to a uh, Real Madrid or a Barcelona eventually um, as we've mentioned you know people say throw, throw give him as much money as he wants perhaps what he wants is to go a move away but um I've always said with Ericsson that perhaps it would be best if we were to maybe invest that money elsewhere in in in, a, in buying a better, well-rounded squad. Just a moment ago, Lee McQueen was dancing in I the was. Love Sports I studio. Was. The reason for that is it's getting even worse for the Gunners. In the 88th minute, young Senegal winger Ismail Assal. We heard on the Arsenal fan show on Monday he could be the danger man for Wren. That's been proven correct. It's 3-1 Wren. Arsenal Beautiful. still with 10 men. Two minutes left on the clock. Talking of wingers, I just want to touch back on Bale quickly because, Lee, you seem to be in absolutely no doubt that he's the player no. you want back at the club. I might be deluded, Johnny, by the way, but uh, <laughs> he is the man. No, I can see completely why you'd feel that. But to play devil's advocate, this is a guy who he's won Champions Leagues, he's won Copa del Rey, he's won everything there is to win at Real Madrid, but... He's not scored goals on the level he's expected to. He's not popular with his teammates. And most importantly, and this is the relevant bit of information, his injury record since he went to the Bernabeu is terrible. Would you swap your most reliable midfield operator no. in terms of creativity for someone who could turn up and homecoming, club legend, all of that, lovely. But if he turns up and sits on the treatment table for three years, would you not be looking a bit silly? Yeah, I mean, you would, you would be. You, you it's would, a gamble. It, it, you're it, it, talking it, it, about someone gamble. that has it, it, come. Uh, have you seen his record for Real Madrid? The amount of goals, the amount of assists this guy's got. By the way, this this uh, this time around, twenty nine games, scored fifteen goals. Well, this, I'm, this year in La Liga, and he don't even play. I'm delighted to say we got Elliot on the line who wants to weigh in on the Ericsson Bale debate. Elliot, what do you make of all of this? Well, thank you so much, first of all, for having me on the show, guys. Thanks for Absolutely calling in. Massive fan. Yeah, Elliot, um, how you doing, Elliot? Doing all right, guys. Thanks. Um, so I wanted to call in because I'm uh, listening to the show and I heard we were sort of talking about Ericsson. And I just sort of wanted to weigh in here and discuss a little bit of sort of my feelings on, on that whole situation because it is really, really tricky. Um, to give you a bit of context, you know, when I was um, six years old, wrote a letter to White Hart Lane and I um, um, sort of um, wrote this letter to David Ginola. And I said, you know, I think you're the best player in the world, all of that. And <laughs> I think that Spurs, we, we have an absolute history of these really classy and elegant players. And I think Ericsson fits that mould so well. Um, you know, while Harry Kane, we see him as sort of the talisman for the club. I think Ericsson, when I think of like Tottenham Hotspur players, I really think of him in that mould of player. Now, the, the issue I think we're sort of having at the moment with, um, with Ericsson. Um, we say this a lot on this show, and I, I love it when you, um, when you say this, Ricky, is that Ericsson is the heartbeat of the team, that he is the heartbeat mm. or the heart of this Tottenham team. Mm. But I think it's important to remember um, what times are like when things are going well and also when they're not going so well. And we have said on this show before that this Tottenham team, 
This Tottenham team is the team which hasn't been able to get us over the line. This is the team that doesn't have the mentality to do it. So assuming then what we want is that Tottenham team. That team, we don't know quite what it looks like yet. We don't feel like we're that far away from it, but we want that team. The team that is going to win, get us over the line, perform under pressure. And if Eriksson isn't a part of that team, you know, as much as I love the guy, if we're winning, I'm not really sure I would be that bothered. Interesting, interesting view. It is, it is, it is a tough one. Mm. I mean, not being funny. If the club announced tomorrow that Ericsson's just signed the new five-year contract, exactly. I think the everyone will be delighted, yeah. including yourself, Elliot. To be fair, but the point comes for, for sure, me. Yeah. But the point comes for me is if Ericsson tomorrow is offered a new five-year deal and he comes out and says, "No, I want my futures away from here," then. Do you know what? Thanks for six and a half years, Ericsson, but off you go. Let's bring back Bale or whoever else. That's where I, I'm at. And I think that's where why it's such a difficult one. I don't think yeah. it's a talent in question, is it, Jamie? It's, it's no, a case of no. his situation. I think you look at uh, Philip Coutinho. This was a very similar situation. Everybody thought it would be the end of the world if Liverpool lost him. They ended up buying Van Dijk and Allison, yeah. and they've become a much more better rounded team because of it Absolutely, so I, yeah. I think that that's a, a good example of perhaps where Spurs could go from here um, and I only would sell Ericsson purely because I feel as though his head may have been turned yeah it's yeah. interesting Elliot what do you think about holding on to someone in the hope perhaps that you could also get Gareth Bale is the prospect of a return to White Hart Lane to new White Hart Lane indeed it probably would be, be for Gareth yeah. Bale Goodness. in any way realistic um, you know, I'm such, you know, I'm, I'm such a, a romanticist in that way. You know, I would love to see Gareth Bale. I didn't back, ask uh, if it would be romantic, Elliot. I asked if it would be realistic. <laughs> it bloody would be romantic, I tell you. But um, yeah, I, I, while it is a very romantic notion, I personally, I don't see it happening um, as as much as I really wish that it would do. Obviously, I would take him back. Um, you know, in a heartbeat. I don't know how. Uh, how you can, even with all the injury problems and supposedly the attitude problems, which I think perhaps in the Spanish media are a little bit overblown, seems like that. Those sort of newspapers like Marker, they really like to get into the, the nitty-gritty of the dressing room. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of egos in that dressing room. There's a lot to navigate. So, you know, I take all of those reports with a, with a pinch of salt. Um, so um, I, I still think he's a wonderful player. would love to see him back at White Hart Lane, but I don't really see it as a realistic option for us. You know, if, if we're improving this team, I want to see us improve the fullbacks first and then the central midfield um, before we really start thinking about, about the goals. Absolutely, Elliot. Well, really interesting stuff. I'm afraid we're going to have to let you go, but I'll let you know go with the news that it's full-time Ren 3, <laughs> Arsenal 1. Don't go anywhere because we'll be talking Spurs and we might even talk Arsenal. <laughs> It is the Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Radio. Radio. And Jamie Brown (laughs) has a question to kick us back off. Yep. So we've got a question in from Raj. That's at R-K-L-A-L-A-81. He asked simply, what's up with Ericsson? I mean, very very disappointing over the last few weeks. Um, It's interesting to try and put your finger on quite what it is. I mean, a stat would be, um, he's played. He's made 250 competitive appearances since August 2014. Uh, that means that he's averaged six point. He's played a game every 6.5 days for the last four and a half years. That's including closed seasons. That's including closed seasons. Sounds like he's tired, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 when you're in his sort of role, it, when you're fatigued and and you're tired, 
making those decisions become even more harder. And I think that when he's a player that's trying to create and looking for different options, um, that's obviously going to be significantly reduced. And I think that a lot of a lot of the time I've seen him pass astray. You know, his pass has gone wild, um, and perhaps it is fatigue. I don't know whether I don't know what you boys think about that. Well, do you know what? I think on Ericsson, we've had a lot of debates on his his head. Has it been turned? What's his future at Tottenham? I think Deli Ali being out of the team has massively affected him. I think not mm. having Ali there, those three, Ali, Kane, Deli, they, they link up so well. Ali, Kane, <laughs> Ali, <laughs> Kane and Ericsson, they link up so well together. You can't downplay the fact of him not being there having an effect on him. And I just want to bring this question in here. Um, this is from James of Suffolk, who says, Old Man Hotspur, that's his tag handle. Ericsson, should we cash in? Not been looking himself. Has the lad's head been turned? And if so, by who? Can't see him making the Barcelona first team. So Madrid. Mm. And then if so, maybe a Bale plus cash deal. Don't, don't give me... Oh. So do you know... Bale. Right, so all honesty. Don't all honesty now. Now, if that. this was an option on the table, <laughs> truth be told, can I be honest? I, I would... I would... Swap. Yeah, and I'm I'm seeing Lee McQueen pulling a face there, and I'm quite surprised like a, to see a Spurs fan, even with all of the injury problems that Bale's had, not be delighted. Oh no, about I'm the delighted. No, oh, no, are. don't. Yeah, it's a wrong face. Uh, I mean, <laughs> honestly, yeah. I mean, Bale comes back to uh, come home. Uh, absolutely. With all, I, that tro- absolutely with all those trophies, mm. all that winning experience to get that back in the Spurs team. Uh, j- just on the Ericsson thing, just just part that for a second. Just talk quickly about Bale because I love it. If Bale <laughs> came back to our football club, wouldn't the Premier League? That is the statement I'm putting out. I'm even, telling you, I'm, conv- I'm absolutely convinced of it, Johnny. I- I'm convinced. So even, with the that back, even with the fullbacks at the moment, you still thinking? I just do. I, f- I think this sank about mm-hmm. Bale. But coming back to the Ericsson thing, on this show, on this very show, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Ericsson thing, and I, and I brought up, look, maybe, and I, and I think Jamie, to be fair, last week as well, we, you talked about this as yes. well, talking yep. about cashing in on Ericsson to get some funds into the club to, uh, to to redistribute in areas like what you've just said, Ricky, like the fullbacks and so on and mm. so forth. I, I don't think I don't think that we should be throwing our players out of the club based on two or three performances. That's not. what I don't. No. Look at Sissoko. We just talked about him for five minutes, how good he's been. And Ericsson, the stats that you've just talked about with regards to Ericsson, absolutely f- phenomenal. And he is a phenomenal player. However... The only way that we're going to be able to afford the likes of a Wambasaka and a Chilwell and a Madison, for example, or, <coughs> or, or Gareth Bale, or whatever it might be, is to cash in on a big player. Now, mm. we're not going to cash in on Delhi, and we're not going to cash no. in on Kane. And they are too. Uh, and Son is 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 here for life, I think. So the only other <laughs> the only other key massive player that we've got that we bring in the readies is Ericsson. And I, I don't know how I feel about it, Johnny, yeah. but. I, I don't know. Well, the thing that I hear a lot from Spurs fans looking in from outside the club <laughs> is how important Ericsson is to the team. Mm. I've heard a few people say it that, listen, Kane is the man who gets the headlines. Yep. He scores the goals. Son grabs the goals as well. But the person who makes us tick, no, the metronome yeah. in that midfield, is Ericsson. Yeah. With that in mind, even if you're swapping him for a fantastic talent like Gareth Bale, might you actually not quite realise what it is you're missing until it's gone? I think that's a brilliant, brilliant uh, point. And I think it was last season, Rick, Jamie, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong. But last season, we went to Southampton, ironically, who we played this weekend. Yeah, that's it. And um, it might have been the season we were chasing no, you, Chelsea, you are right, but it was last we season. Awful that and game we, did not, we did not play Ericsson. No, that's right. And we were woeful. <laughs> and we lost. And again, it's an isolated game, so don't get me wrong, I'm not getting carried away. But when you, Johnny, you made the point, when you look at that 
team without him in it we do lack that creativity mm. but what we've what we would have for example with a Gareth Bale and it's not a like for like replacement so I'm no. not making that before yeah. people start screaming at me on Twitter but the reality <laughs> is when you when you look at a Gareth Bale he is on another level he's got three Champions Leagues on his boat he's got an overhead free kick in a Champions League final to win it the winning mentality what he did for our club go back and have a look at what he did for our club now he might be a different player for the better by the way because actually he's got six years now of experience in playing a different league and winning Champions Leagues it's a difficult one I don't think the Bale thing will actually happen anyway based no. on wages so no. the, the point that uh, the uh, um uh, old man Hotspur uh, made was should we cash on an Ericsson yeah. I'm not convinced no I think it's all down to how he feels and um, and his contract situation um, I, I've always felt that Ericsson kind of has this plan in his head of what he wants to do I think that that's going to a uh, Real Madrid or a Barcelona eventually um, as we've mentioned you know people say throw, throw give him as much money as he wants perhaps what he wants is to go a move away but um I've always said with Ericsson that perhaps it would be best if we were to maybe invest that money elsewhere in in in, a, in buying a better, well-rounded squad. Just a moment ago, Lee McQueen was dancing in I the was. Love Sports I studio. Was. The reason for that is it's getting even worse for the Gunners. In the 88th minute, young Senegal winger Ismail Assal. We heard on the Arsenal fan show on Monday he could be the danger man for Wren. That's been proven correct. It's 3-1 Wren. Arsenal Beautiful. still with 10 men. Two minutes left on the clock. Talking of wingers, I just want to touch back on Bale quickly because, Lee, you seem to be in absolutely no doubt that he's the player no. you want back at the club. I might be deluded, Johnny, by the way, but uh, <laughs> he is the man. No, I can see completely why you'd feel that. But to play devil's advocate, this is a guy who he's won Champions Leagues, he's won Copa del Rey, he's won everything there is to win at Real Madrid, but he's not scored goals on the level he's expected to. He's not popular with his teammates and most importantly and this is the relevant bit of information his injury record since he went to the Bernabeu is terrible. Would you swap your most reliable midfield operator no. in terms of creativity for someone who could turn up and homecoming club legend all of that lovely but if he turns up and sits on the treatment table for 3 years would you not be looking a bit silly? Yeah, I mean, you would, you would be. You, you would. You're talking about someone that has come. Uh, have you seen his record for Real Madrid? The amount of goals, the amount of assists this guy's got. By the way, this this uh, this time around, 29 games, scored 15 goals. Well, this, I'm, this year in La Liga, and he don't even play. I'm delighted to say we got Elliot on the line who wants to weigh in on the Ericsson Bale debate. Elliot, what do you make of all of this? Well, thank you so much, first of all, for having me on the show, guys. Thanks for Absolutely calling in. Massive fan. Yeah, Elliot, um, how you doing? Thanks, Elliot. Doing all right, guys. Thanks. Um, so I wanted to call in because I'm uh, listening to the show and I heard we were sort of talking about Ericsson. And I just sort of wanted to weigh in here and discuss a little bit of sort of my feelings on, on that whole situation because it is really, really tricky. Um, to give you a bit of context, you know, when I was um, six years old, wrote a letter to White Hart Lane and I um, um, sort of um, wrote this letter to David Ginola. And I said, you know, I think you're the best player in the world, all of that. And <laughs> I think that Spurs, we, we have an absolute history of these really classy and elegant players. And I think Ericsson fits that mould so well. Um, you know, while Harry Kane, we see him as sort of the talisman for the club. I think Ericsson, when I think of like Tottenham Hotspur players, I really think of him in that mould of player. Now, the the issue I think we're sort of having at the moment with, um, with Ericsson 
Um, we say this a lot on this show, and I, I love it when you um, when you say this, Ricky, is that Ericsson is the heartbeat of the team, that he is the heartbeat mm. or the heart of this Tottenham team. Mm. But I think it's important to remember um, what times are like when things are going well and also when they're not going so well. And we have said on this show before that this Tottenham team, this Tottenham team is the team which hasn't been able to get us over the line. This is the team that doesn't have the mentality to do it. So assuming then what we want is that Tottenham team, that team, we don't know quite what it looks like yet. We don't feel like we're that far away from it, but we want that team, the team that is going to win, get us over the line, perform under pressure. And if Eriksson isn't a part of that team, you know, as much as I love the guy, if we're winning, I'm not really sure I would be that bothered. Interesting, interesting view. It is, it is, it is a tough one. Mm. I mean, not being funny. If the club announced tomorrow that Ericsson's just signed the new five-year contract, exactly. I think the everyone will be delighted, <laughs> yeah. including yourself, Elliot. To be fair, but the point comes for, for sure, me. Yeah. But the point comes for me is if Ericsson tomorrow is offered a new five-year deal and he comes out and says, "No, I want my futures away from here," then. Do you know what? Thanks for six and a half years, Ericsson, but off you go. Let's bring back Bale or whoever else. That's where I, I'm at. And I think that's where why it's such a difficult one. I don't think yeah. it's a talent in question, is it, Jamie? It's, it's no, a case of no. his situation. I think you look at uh, Philip Coutinho. This was a very similar situation. Everybody thought it would be the end of the world if Liverpool lost him. They ended up buying Van Dijk and Allison, yeah. and they've become a much more better rounded team because of it Absolutely, so I, yeah. I think that that's a, a good example of perhaps where Spurs could go from here um, and I only would sell Ericsson purely because I feel as though his head may have been turned yeah it's yeah. interesting Elliot what do you think about holding on to someone in the hope perhaps that you could also get Gareth Bale is the prospect of a return to White Hart Lane to new White Hart Lane indeed it probably would be, be for Gareth yeah. Bale Goodness. in any way realistic um, you know, I'm such, you know, I'm, I'm such a, a romanticist in that way. You know, I would love to see Gareth Bale. I didn't back, ask uh, if it would be romantic, Elliot. I asked if it would be realistic. <laughs> it bloody would be romantic, I tell you. But um, yeah, I, I, while it is a very romantic notion, I personally, I don't see it happening um, as as much as I really wish that it would do. Obviously, I would take him back. Um, you know, in a heartbeat. I don't know how. Uh, how you can, even with all the injury problems and supposedly the attitude problems, which I think perhaps in the Spanish media are a little bit overblown. seems like that. Those sort of newspapers like Marca, they really like to get into the, the nitty-gritty of the dressing room. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of egos in that dressing room. There's a lot to navigate. So, you know, I take all of those reports with a, with a pinch of salt. Um, so um, I, I still think he's a wonderful player. would love to see him back at White Hart Lane, but I don't really see it as a realistic option for us. You know, if, if we're improving this team, I want to see us improve the fullbacks first and then the central midfield um, before we really start thinking about, about the goals. Absolutely, Elliot. Well, really interesting stuff. I'm afraid we're going to have to let you go, but I'll let you know go with the news that it's full-time Ren 3, <laughs> Arsenal 1. Don't go anywhere because we'll be talking Spurs and we might even talk Arsenal. <laughs> This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brown and Lee McQueen of the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Important to remember that you can vote for the Last Word on Spurs Spurs in the Football Blogging Awards. That's going to be hosted on the 9th of May 2019. If you want to vote for the boys, and you absolutely should, you can do so by tweeting, I am voting for at last word on Spurs in the at 
the FBAs for hashtag best podcast. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, listen, for us, this is the first time as a show we're going to enter the awards. Mm. Again, this is an opportunity for all the guys out there. You get in touch with us every single week. You know, the amount of listens we get is simply incredible. And it's mm. your chance, guys, to tell us just how much you love us. I hope that's like, we love just doing the show. Of so love going on loads of love going on. Show us how much you love us. Come on, let's not make us the, you know, semi-finalists or, you know, like, not <laughs> getting over the tr- line. Let's, what, Come try let's, get, let's get a trophy. Can we try and win a trophy, let's guys? Get, yeah, Come on, on pressure on. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> You've got to be in the mix, haven't you? In terms of, particularly in terms of social media following, you're mm. right up there as football oh, podcast Listen, go. I've got to say, we are so lucky. We've got so many listeners that interact with us every week. Mm. I get loads yeah, of DMs from people that listen to the show, want to get in touch. And guys, honestly, it means so much to us. The feedback we get, especially after every show, we get so much kind feedback mm. and... I can't thank every single person enough, not just for listening, but for interacting, for contributing, calling us up. We just love doing the yeah. shows. I also think it's a great chance for Ricky and the boys to just be rewarded for their such hard work that they've put in. A, you know, I've recently joined the last World of Sports and just hearing the amount of hard work that Ricky and, and the others put into it, I think that definitely deserves your well, vote. You, you can all start by voting for each other. Yeah, we'll, and <laughs> we'll, we'll crack on from I'm getting, I'm getting sore fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask you about Arsenal, which is a very odd sentence to be saying on a Spurs show. Oh, but very simple question. It's a woeful, woeful result for the Gunners. And does that bring you just simply unbridled joy as Spurs fans? For, for me, not really. I mean, mm. uh, and I'll tell you why, because it's half-time. Yeah. Um, you know, the reality situation is they're going to come home. Yeah. Renz are going to go back to, I was going to say, Woolwich. <laughs> uh, they're going to go back to Highbrook, uh, wherever they play nowadays, uh, Emirates, and uh, they're probably going to get turned over. So, you know, it, 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 but it does bring a smile to my face, John, okay. because the reality of the situation mm. is, is that on Tuesday, we were in the... <laughs> and tonight, this mob, we're in the Thursday night football um, mm. where they think they shouldn't be, but they are, and they lost. Yeah. So it, it is a bit of a smile, do you think, Rick? I do. Listen, it is the first leg. I think it's got to the point now where we're not surprised anymore by the levels of just the difference between the two clubs at certain periods. I'm more focused on where Spurs are going. We're in a wonderful position. We've got to discuss what we want in the draw, of course, coming up. We've got so much to cover in <laughs> well, terms yeah, of yeah. the stadium, Maurizio Pochettino's two-game ban, which I still think is ridiculous. So does he. Do you? I mean, we'll, we'll I do, do it later yeah, in the show. I but do, Johnny. I think it's outrageous. Outrageous. He's had, he's had a scrap with the referee. And, and mm. do you not have to... I, obviously, I didn't oh, hear what he said. I, I very much enjoyed, by the way, did you see on Twitter, someone edited the two <laughs> oh, of them they, having they? an argument about Shemima Begum, <laughs> where uh, Pochettino <laughs> was saying, but under the European Convention of Human Rights, you have to let her back. <laughs> and Dean was going, absolutely not. If you see what other managers have got away with, you've got Klopp running on the pitch, actually confronting yeah. officials, some of the way the other managers have acted. And Pochettino mm. has been a man that has supported the national... England for such They've a long made time an of him, and they're trying to make an example of a man that he came out even 45 minutes after he had that incident in that press conference and you know said I may have gone too far yeah. he's apologised to the referee this guy I'm so proud to have him at our football club yeah. I am stunned and like Lisa I think this is the FA making a complete example of him yeah I think it it's, it's slightly unfair in the fact that he's kind of been hit with the law book straight away I mean he's um for like his whole time in England, he's been absolute exemplary behaviour the whole time. I think it is just a case of the FA thinking, you know, people from all levels of football are going to be watching that and it's just unacceptable to get in the referee's face like he did. No matter what Dean said, obviously, with this, no, we'll never know what quite what was said between the two. No, I've heard two, it was but... all about Shemima Begum, <laughs> I've said. <laughs> so, I, do, I do agree with you, Jamie. I, I think that, you know, 
because he's one of ours, is Poch. We, mm. we want to defend him, but my word, if that was uh, Unai Emery or Sarri or whoever, we would be. On, we just, we'd be you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, he, he was aggressive. Uh, he apologised for it. He knew, but he didn't get off lightly, did he? Mm. I think the other thing is that it's kind of Poch learning and changing as well. And um, we're kind of seeing no more Mr. Nice Poch. No more Mr. Nice Poch. You heard it here first. Well, coming up, we'll be getting our teeth into all of that. The prospect finally of the new stadium. Could we be seeing it sooner rather than later? If you want to get in touch, do so. 0208 7020 558 or at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, Jamie Brown, Lee McQueen and Ricky Sachs of the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Remember, you can vote for the guys in the upcoming podcast awards. It's the Football Blogging Awards hosted on the 9th May. You can get involved for the lads by tweeting, I am voting for at Last Word on Spurs in the at the FBAs for hashtag best podcast. Now, gents, we've heard a lot about a certain stadium this season. It sort of passed me by, but apparently there's something going on. Daniel Levy's building a new house or something. Uh, It's gone well. It's gone badly. There have been allegations of and lack of transparency from the club. Could it finally be time for some good news? Because Pochettino's confirmed that the home leg of the Champions League quarterfinal could, Mm. should, will possibly be played at the new stadium how much of a boost is that for the Spurs fans it's massive it's going to be absolutely huge that very first game is just the atmosphere is going to be unreal and it just gives me goosebumps just talking about it now um I think as we I think we've said previously whoever comes to the new stadium for that first game is going to be really really going to be under huge amount of pressure um, and of course, if it is that if the first game is going to be in the Champions League, I think it gives us every chance of give, getting through to the semi-finals. And does that also set a tone for a new era? The first game in the new stadium being in the Champions League, saying, "Listen, this is where we are now. We are a Champions League club." Hundred percent, it's absolutely massive. You know, we talked so much disappointment earlier in the season about going out of the FA Cup and going out of a, another cup semi-final, even though we don't take them cups seriously. Um, and uh, it was uh, it, w- it was a disappointment, but you know, getting top four and getting Champions League football is absolutely yeah. imperative to where we need to be. Jace, uh, our very own Jace, talks about it a lot about you know where we need to be in terms of revenue. And yes, look, people don't like uh, you know we talked earlier about romance uh, with. Gareth Bale coming back and you know it's not just about kind of the romance of football anymore because it is a business and that is the way football is nowadays Mm. so we need them them revenues it's interesting when we're talking about stadium Neil Carter at Cockle Ginge nice Uh, (laughs) the stadium is signed off and ready would you wait for let us play there for the first quarterfinal mm. um, of, of the Champions League? Um, and also, uh, Z-Man, our very own Z-Man, at Dog one in your opinion, who or what positions will be the most important in our final run? Now, the reason why I bring that up is I don't think it's positions. 
I think it's the stadium. Mm. And again, yeah, agree, I'm yeah. absolutely mm. convinced. Like Chris, yeah, Chris uh, has speak to Chris as well. Yeah. I mean, he's done so much work down there. Chris yeah. Cowling, shout out to uh, <laughs> one of our the, own now, Chris Cowling. He is. <laughs> all of that work that he's done and the videos and the stadium and so on and so forth. I'm absolutely convinced mm. that when we go in there, we will not lose a football match. So I, I'm convinced about not not forever, right? I'm not saying <laughs> that. But can't you promise us that, Lee? Come <laughs> on, I can't. and I can't even talk about forward fixtures because Jace will have my uh, guts for guard <laughs> because I can only focus one on, game the, at on the time, Southampton game one game at a time. But if you look at the fixtures that we've got in that new stadium, you look at we've got Huddersfield. If, if this happens, we'll have Palace, Huddersfield. Brighton, West Ham and Everton. Sounds okay. like an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer situation <laughs> where you start a new era with a good run. Yeah, mm. well, I don't know. Jace will be absolutely shouting right now. That's 15 <laughs> points there. Just, just there, Jace, by the way. <laughs> and, then we, and then we've got a couple of, um, hopefully, a couple of Champions League games in there as well. The mm. stadium, I mean, I have to say, I was—I mean, Chris was was there at the game uh, uh, the other day. Crackers, a few of the, the lads that come on the pod course, and all that yeah. sort of stuff—they're all there. Abby was there as well. And um, you, you look at you look at the stadium when when the players came out and they've got the the, the Champions League in the wall and it looked yeah. incredible in Dortmund. We, we are going to batter that. Like yeah, our stadium is going to be on another level. With, the noise is going to be incredible. And also, we've had some great news that have come out. A public notice from Haringey Council appears to suggest that announcement on the test events at Spurs is now imminent, the as in the new stadium, which is key. Now, that that's the thing. With this new stadium, there's got to be at least two test events in there, mm. and they've got to both be, you know, for a certain minimum amount of people. So once these test events are done, then we can start really, really getting excited because that's yeah. when we're going to see us into the new ground. And I was saying to Jamie outside, you know, I can't wait. The last word on Spurs team, this is the plan, in that new stadium altogether, we'll have our Amazing. team there. It will be simply Amazing. incredible, mm. iconic. I, I just want to add. Sorry, sorry, John. I just want to add. I, I made it. Um, the, the the last game at White Hart Lane uh, was so so emotional, so special for everyone that went mm. there. And I haven't been to that stadium since that day. And I made it a pact when we were walking back down a few uh, the lads that I go to the football with, and we said that's it now. We're, we're, we'll be back in a year, wherever we were supplied. And it's now obviously been two years. And the only thing that I've seen really is all the stuff on social media, obviously via. Uh, uh, via Chris mostly, Alistair Gold, all of the updates that they do. Mm. To go back there, I don't, it's going to be unrecognisable, but it's still going to be home. And I can't wait. I genuinely can't wait. I get yeah. emotional to think about it. I think it will be absolutely incredible. The cynic in me requires oh, to now Johnny. bring a bit of cynicism, I'm afraid. So oh, we've, no. we've heard a lot this season about problems with critical safety systems, amongst mm. other things. We've heard a lot about the club perhaps not being as transparent as they could have been with the whole situation with the ground. We've seen the proposed opening date set back numerous, numerous times. With that in mind, even though it is sounding pretty good... Do you believe the club? Do you take them at their face value that you will be installed in this new home for that first Champions League quarterfinal home tie? Yeah, I mean, I've, I saw a report in the Times saying that UEFA are kind of um, in and R and about letting us play that very first game in a Champions League tie. So whether that'll be the case, but um, I do think I do think it is starting to get ready, and I, I, I starting just, to I, get ready. Do you I think I do ready? believe? Well, 
obviously it's a while. We've got a while until our next home match now. I think it's nearly a month until our next home match. So there is a while and it, it does look, and obviously Ricky read out that um, about the Harringay thing, the Harring, Harringley thing, sorry. Um, <laughs> that whole thing down at Harringay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's chipping, isn't it? Chipping. <laughs> um, it's sounding very promising. So I think that it's a good chance. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's a good chance. I think it's absolutely nailed on. I, 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 think, I think the stadium already know. I think they know. I think it's, I think it's, I think that it's a formality to pass the, the fire test. What one of our own actually comes onto a pod as well, uh, stack at Stacey 1882. He, he's, he does some really good updates That's, as yeah, well in yeah. terms of the wiring and the testing and not, not nothing to do with my expertise, but in certain, he knows things about it and he's confident. Chris is mega confident. The people mm. in and around the club are confident. Daniel Levy's confident for the first time. Mm. The, the biggest thing for me, Johnny, though, is at this stage, I know we haven't got a home game effectively uh, this month now for the, for the rest of it, so, so yeah. you could look at that. But we haven't been announced where our next home game is going to be. We Normally, by this stage, we'd have been mm. given two or three different games. Mm. The refund's coming back into your season ticket pot and all that, Jamie. None of that's happened. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is all indicating that the phenomenal yeah. best stadium in Europe is going to be ready for our next home game, baby. <laughs> With that in mind, you've talked a lot about how it will be a homecoming, going home, this really emotional event, not just the fact that it's going to be an exceptional stadium, but all of the emotions, all of the symbolism that goes with that. With that in mind, when you are installed, whenever that happens, whenever it does open, will there be any sense of a bad taste in the mouth of how long it took, of how it was managed, or will it just be a straightforward, listen, we're here now and it's good to be home? I can't see that happening. I think we're just all going to be so taken back by just how brilliant it is. And, and obviously, I think how well we've done on the pitch has been a huge help um, for the delays as well. So I think that that first game is just going to be amazing. It's in, it's interesting you talk about that because, um, you know, again, Chris, getting a lot of mentions here, Chris. <laughs> a, love, a lo load of love in here. But Chris talks about, you know, uh, when they went for the the kind of test event, whether it was the 6,000 people in there, that there was grown men in there crying or, you know, having a beer and it's an empty stadium. And I just can't see anybody going. There'd be some moaners. There'd be some whingers, wouldn't yeah. there, Johnny? There always is. <laughs> like, everyone wants to be around negative people, don't we? Huh? Yeah, of course we do. Right? So, you know, there will be some people that will whinge and moan about it, but the reality is when yeah. you walk in that stadium, 62,500 people screaming, talking, the wall, 17,500 yeah. people on the wall. Well, it, it's going to be amazing. There is. I think it's it's the whole design of the stadium, just everything. We've learned lessons from that team down the road. Um and I just think the atmosphere is going to be absolutely exceptional. That team down the road, for anyone who's just joined us, that team down the road <laughs> didn't have a very good night. They lost did it, Down the road, they didn't have a good night, L no. Lost 3-1 in Wren. Lee was talking there about whinging and moaning. One man who has been at a bit of that oh, is no. Pochettino. Oh, Landed in Johnny. Sorry, on. lads. It's, I'm an nice impartial link, broadcaster. <laughs> and we'll be getting our teeth into that in just a moment. This is Love Sport. First fan show here on Love Sport Radio. Now, we hear a lot about respect for referees, for everyone, really, from the crowd to the players to the managers. And Maurizio Pozzettino has found himself in a little bit of trouble for his remarks, his heated remarks, after the game at Burnley. Gents, firstly, what quite went on? And secondly, do you think that the potential punishment and indeed actual punishment now is fair? Um, obviously what went on, we don't know what was said between them, but um, it started off, Pochettino obviously went over to Mike Dean to have a word. Um, Jesus Perez pulling him away. Um, 
he eventually managed to pull him away. And then obviously something was said by Mike Dean, we think, um, that enraged both of them. And they've both gone back even stronger. So I guess something was said. But um, for me, the biggest point is that Pochettino has kind of changing this whole Mr. Nice Guy. I mentioned it before. Um, he's kind of learning that that doesn't get him anywhere. And I think that that's another sign that he's really learning and, and developing as a coach. And um, yeah, Alistair Gold uh, did a whole article about it, um, which I really enjoyed. And it, it was really just showing that Pochettino is kind of learning to do different things. And um, obviously we saw that in the, his tactics against Dortmund. So um, yeah, I, I'm personally... I'll take the ban because I think it's Pochettino learning, doing different things. Um, I do think it's harsh, but yeah. Jamie, you talk about the Mr. Nice Guy not getting mm. Pochettino anywhere. I take your point, but you could also argue that a two-game touchline ban isn't really getting him anywhere either. No, I think I, I think <laughs> <Good point. laughs> that, that is it is true, and I think that the way he behaved was out of order, and I do think that perhaps he does deserve a touchline ban. It is disappointing because of how well he has behaved previously and that they've straight away decided to throw throw a ban at him. But um, I do think it's important that, you know, you see all the top managers, the likes of Sir Alex Ferguson, Jose Mourinho, they're all very nasty with the referees. And I think that that's something that Pochettino is maybe looking to change. It's interesting, Johnny, because you mentioned right at the beginning, you know, a respect of referees. How can you respect Mike Dean? <laughs> Even as a Spurs out, fan, do well, you not no, respect Mike Dean? No, no, not really, to be fair. I think, you know, it's absolutely something was said. We never know what it is, but we can speculate. But something was said because he was like a raging bull, wasn't he, Jamie? Yeah, and, and so absolutely. was uh, Jesus as well. So they both yeah. went back in. He he said something like, I, I like to speculate, why not? Um, I reckon he said something like, oh, it's not my fault that you've lost the title. Yeah. It's not my fault yeah. that you've blown the the Premier League or something. Because he went back in, didn't yeah. he, Rick? And Jesus Perez says, you can't say that. You cannot say that. Yeah. So whatever he said, it is controversial. Mm. But I think the thing, the matter is that, I think Lee was right what he said earlier before you came on to the subject, that... I think he's been tar- been made an example of, mm. I think, by the FA. You know, this is a guy that has, I don't want to bleat on, but he has done so much for English football. The way he has developed mm. players, nurtured players, praised the FA numerous Short, amount of times. Lallana, How many players has he you know, put into that England squad? And I just thought the Rodriguez. first opportunity there is to criticise him, they've done it and they've gone and put a two-game bound in. When, I, I said it earlier, what, you see some of Klopp's actions, what Lambert. he's done. Mourinho in the past. Do you know what I mean? There's so many he's in still stuff, going. Walker, Rose. You know, well, you can, exactly. He's only got to Tottenham's squad. You know, got to first, Winks, Kane. You know, you make Ali. I say, I say, I talk about him being nice. I, I'll be interested to see how he's going to sort of change his approach to maybe the England team. I know a lot yeah. of the time we've just allowed Ali and, and Kane to have played exactly. so much Spot to on. just go off. So I'm interested to see whether that will, will change in him being the nice person. Look how Sir Alex used to act with, with the England team. Exactly. And like, set, you know, back in the day when, you know, it was, oh, he's got a little calf strain or he's got this. Or they always used to have like international versus club, club versus country row, wasn't it? Mm. Now, you know, Poch never done anything like that. No. Now, I just think it's a, taking certain things into consideration. It's a little bit like the in a game, referee coming out, it was a bad challenge by the player but it was the first one but giving him a red card straight away it's like calm down yeah it's his first offense yeah you know give him a uh you know maybe a touchline battle as you say he may be one or or it's suspended or something yeah. i had the brentford fan show in here on monday and they were talking about a different instance but they made quite an interesting suggestion which is things that are live on tv and things that therefore 
get a serious amount of focus on social yeah. media afterwards tend to get more attention not just from the fans but then mm. from the FA for retrospective action do you think that partly yeah. it might not be a case of the FA wanting to make an example out of Pochettino because they want to but because as soon as it's being shared it's tens of thousands of times on Twitter isn't their hand kind of forced Maybe. It's a, it's a great shout. I mean, all, all I would say, my message out to the FA then is grow some. Because at, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, so you're being put on under pressure by Twitter. I, I'm not having that. But you, I think it's a good point. It's televised. Yeah. It was a lunchtime kickoff, half past two. He's gone raging up at him. If it was any other manager, we would be absolutely going mad. Um, uh, you know, the other way around. But we'll obviously, we defend bizarre. him because he's yeah, one yeah, of ours. Of course. Um, you know, you can't do what he did. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got banned for it. Let's move on. Looking at the Europa League action, Tottenham, of course, not in that competition, as we've mentioned more than once. Arsenal could not be in it for that much longer, having lost 3-1 to Wren at home. But another London club are in action, gents. Chelsea currently tied 0-0 at Stamford Bridge with Dynamo Kiev. Do you see them getting through that tie? And how important can the Europa League be? Because we hear a lot that clubs don't really want to be in it. But when winning it gives you Champions League, it becomes quite a different prospect. Well, I, I, again, I, I think that um, I think it's massive for Chelsea, absolutely massive, massive for Arsenal as well. And if we were in their situation, it w- it would be massive for us. I mean, I think that, that I, I, I generally I don't mean this rudely to Spurs, but obviously being a Spurs fan, but I, I think Chelsea can win the Europa League, yeah. particularly uh, if Arsenal go out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Arsenal can win it anyway. Having said that, he's won it with Seville, wasn't he, their manager? For many, time, many yeah. times, yeah. So, so I think, uh, you know, Chelsea got a bit of a pedigree in doing it. Um, I think that, you know, getting into Champions League is probably, well, I say that, I mean, they've, co- they've closed the gap on the top four a little bit, haven't they? But, you know, it's another route for them at the moment. They're going for two routes, aren't they, getting the Champions League. When yeah. you look at Tottenham, we're only going for one route. Well, actually, no, we're not. We're going for two, aren't we? Because we're in the quarterfinals. Well, yeah, of course we are. Yeah, they go all the way. But, uh, yeah, so I I think it is important for them and, and I think these games are the ones that come thick and fast. We, how many how many years, lads, did we play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday? For, it's it's yeah. hard work. It's hard work for the players. Yeah. It's hard work for the fans, isn't it? Yeah, obviously we've, we've kind of dropped back into, into the race for the top four. So I think it's really quite important that these teams uh, do, do stay in the competition for as long as possible. I mean... We even saw, I mean, I remember Burnley, they were just absolutely decimated by by having to play on Thursdays. I think it's just has such a detrimental effect on on the team and um, I'd I'd like to see them stay in for as long as possible, but not win it. But not win it is the message. Coming up, we'll be getting our teeth into more of your questions. This is Love Sport. You are, of course, listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Quick update from the Chelsea game. Lee was saying just a moment ago, Jamie echoed his thoughts. Hope Chelsea go as far as they can in this competition without winning it. They're one step closer to that. It's Chelsea 1, Dynamo Kiev 0. Pedro getting the breakthrough in the 17th minute. And now, some of your questions about the Spurs. Good stuff. So, um, I've got a few questions, actually, if I may, gents. Uh, so, we've got uh, Kenk, I think, is that how you say it? Kenk or Senk uh, at Forza Yids. Not even a question, but talk to us about Hugo. Absolute class. Now, I know a, a few questions have come in, and you guys have already talked about it as well. Down to San at Teflon underscore monkey. Do you think Hugo lis- uh, listens to the pod? Because since Ricky's rant about <laughs> dropping or selling him, he's been absolutely on fire. Hugo um, and Jeff Knight <laughs> at JKVT Gritty Performance, but not pretty. Um, 
but they got it done. Highlights and uh, 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 for Hugo, for Davis, Jan, Harry, uh, and of course, Asoko. Uh, so, Ricky, when Hugo came out of the box to head that ball away, how fast was your heart racing, Rick Starr? It's pretty fast, but do you know what? People <laughs> say about me selling Hugo. This is what I said earlier at the start show, which is where I stand on Hugo. He's a wonderful shot stopper. And I'll probably say what I was saying again earlier that this season, the only issue we've had is that it's been highlighted the amount of big mistakes he was making in crucial games. Now, if he can eradicate that, I've got no issue if you go stay at the club for many, many years to come because I've said it before, it would cost Spurs an absolute fortune to go out and try to attempt to go and try and replace Hugo Lloris. To attempt to yeah. try and replace him. So, I'm not mm. stupid. There's other areas of the squad that need investment first before Hugo yeah. Lloris. 100 clean sheets now in his, yeah. in his Spurs yeah. career. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Listen, wonderful. He was an incredible he, performance he, he, against he, Dortmund. He, he was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, as the other players uh, were mentioned as well. Just actually, if I'm just hogging all the questions, uh, listeners' questions quickly. But um, uh, Sahil Hamid at Sahil underscore eighty one, not a question really, guys. Just a point to say, all of the fan base who doubt the manager's decision to field a team should be ashamed of themselves. Quite strong here. Um, never doubt the manager's decision. Uh, very proud of the boys. Come on, you Spurs. Now, you know, I, I think the game is about opinions. So I think that if we eradicated everyone's opinion, it would be probably a, yeah. a, a worse game for it. Having said that, I am also very proud. Uh, of the of the lads, it was a very very difficult week leading up to that, wasn't it, Jamie? Before you know yeah. the two defeats that we've highlighted, then the draw against uh, uh, against Woolwich, and you kind of look at it and think, oh, you know what, what, you know how we're going to respond, and to respond in the manner that we did, I think it just sets us up now for the next kind of hopefully, is it would it be fourteen games, sixteen games, maybe? Yes, yeah. I mean, Pochettino's got it spot on over both legs in terms of the lineup. I think. Certainly in the first leg, none of us were, were expecting that five at the back with um, Foyt and, and, and Vertonghen at left wing back. So I think it just shows you that Pochettino has, has learnt and that he knows what he's doing now and that we should never really question, uh, question his decisions in, in selecting a team. Shall we look ahead before we you know, turn our attention to Southampton at the weekend? Yes. It's a draw time. Who, who, oh do, who do we all fancy? Because this is going to be an interesting... Hmm. So, so before you get into oh, that though Jason, do you actually look at it and go that's who I want do you think it makes a difference who you get or are you not at a point now of going you know what we're Tottenham Hotspur we've got Hugo Lloris we've got Harry Kane I don't care no, who you, we you, went you're not Spurs if you look at it that way <laughs> 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 no I think you know I, I know what you're saying and we to, to be fair Johnny we should we should be very very you know we talked about confidence earlier uh, earlier in the show we should be very confident whoever we get mm. it's it's it's, I was going to say it's not untied territory because he was there in 2011, uh, 2012 season uh, under Harry Redknapp. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a fa- fantastic ride. Obviously, um, uh, Crouchy got sent off. We lost 4-1 uh, to Real Madrid, didn't we? That, that yeah. quarterfinal was a bit of a disaster. So, so but under the Pochettino area, un- uh, under these players, this is, this is uncharted territory. Yeah. We should be absolutely loving the fact that we're in the quarterfinal. We've got Chelsea and Arsenal playing on a Thursday night. We're a top London club at the moment. We've got more points than we've ever had at this stage of the season. One one less than we did uh, actually in our uh, 86-point record season. Uh, We've got seven points more in the league than we did when we was at this stage of the Champions League Mm. quarterfinal under Harry Redknapp. So when people say that we haven't progressed and we haven't done this, we have. So, So we should be incredibly powerful, first and foremost, from setting the scene. Because... Anything that we do now, moving forward in the Champions League, is what I'm talking about, is an absolute yeah. bonus. And it I'm is, not. Yeah. That is not me being unambitious, Rick, mm. is it? That's no, just, just me I, being. I think. On, do you know guys. what I think? And also the fact that we have maybe exceeded expectations to where we are. That may just 
take the pressure off us. Yeah. And that may allow Spurs to go and play this quarterfinal with a bit more freedom than what they might have done, I don't know, if, yeah. if, if circumstances were different. I mean, if you're asking me who I maybe would want in the draw... My heart, I mean, wants to say, my heart wants to say that's a big club, but, you know, Porto is the one yeah, that Port- I keep coming back mm. to because there is an opportunity there that yeah. over both legs, I think Spurs could go and do the job. But then we've seen this team, you know, play Barcelona, play Brown Madrid, we've played well, we've got results. So yeah. I won't say a team fears me. The great thing is over two legs, you've always got a chance. I, I think I, two leg ties are great. I, I just don't want an English team. No, uh, I think the Man yeah. United, Man result, United which, the way by the way, I put it on the record, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was absolutely it was incredible. ridiculous. Yeah, the, and the way they're playing at the moment, yeah. I don't think you want to draw Manchester well, United. I think but. it was a huge boost that um, PSG got knocked out. For me, they were probably the team that I would least want Spurs to have got. I think they are probably the favourite, or were the favourites to uh, to win the competition for me. So I think that I'm going to go full Jason. I'm going to say I don't. I'm not looking at who we're who we're getting. Oh, but I think that Jason certainly comment. some of the teams that have gone out already. Um, yeah, huge boost for Spurs. I'm going full Jason and saying I'm just concentrating on Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> but gents, keep in mind that last night, Jamie, as you very astutely picked up on early in the show, Spurs were the only team who came into the second legs with a lead who made it through. They're the only team who've currently played the second leg who kept a clean sheet. Surely it'll be a case of other teams looking at Spurs, along with, Lee, as you point out, United, and going, you know what, I really don't fancy that. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic point. I mean, Man- Manchester City have got to play Shackle. Um I know they're free to up and it's, it's at the Etihad, so you would, you would think, you know... Two away goals, though, Schalke, it's quite big. That's what I mean, two away goals, all they've got to do is score one and you never know. Um, you know, keep a clean sheet in, uh, for, for on, the, on the night and you never know. So so I think, I think there's a lot of... Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, um, I don't know, like permutations that might happen. All, all I would say is I don't want to waste, if, if that makes sense, the quarterfinal draw on an English club. We play the English clubs all the time. Let's, this is European competition. Um, if we get another European side, that would be phenomenal. Um, my only worry with the whole Porto scenario is that we would be expected to go and beat them. Mm. And actually, we almost seem... In a, <laughs> a, you know, we almost yeah. perform better, right? When we do we play a bigger team. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, it's so true. actually, going to a Bayern or a, oh, dare I say it, Barcelona? <laughs> I don't believe I'm saying this. Um, it, it, it might be, it might galvanise us a little bit more. We we have had a bit of a siege mentality this year. Do you not think? Yeah. With all the stuff that's been going on with Spurs, it feels like that he's created a bubble, and it's kind of us versus them. Yeah, do you not agree? I agree, and that's the way you, you know, mentality-wise, Pochettino is always wanted to work with a small group. Yep, and it seems to be working. He'll be working with that same group and we always only focus on the next game, obviously, here on Last Word on Spurs. <laughs> we'll be doing just that because it's Spurs versus Southampton up next and we've got a Southampton fan on the line. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Radio and we've just seen the news pop up breaking news that Claudio Ranieri is set to be appointed manager of Roma not out of a job for long you'd have thought that his stock would have fallen having been sacked by Leicester (laughs) sacked by Nantes then sacked by Fulham of course most recently 19th appointment that is Johnny of his career 19 he's had 19 different managerial positions Roma like different managers as well so they, they could not be together for very he's long back there as well isn't he because he was at Roma before was he not and he'll know the lingo of course which always <laughs> helps but what do you make of that appointment oh, I, I, I don't fancy Claudio Ranieri really I mean he was just awful at Fulham wasn't he just his tactics just didn't work I mean maybe it might work in a different league in Syria but uh, yeah that's a very I'm very shocked at that news I'm pleased for Scott Parker to get an opportunity. Yeah, Obviously, 
mm. was academy, came through Spurs, his ranks really in terms of the coaching. Mm. Pochettino brought him on board. So I'd like to see him under 18s, didn't he? Under 18s. For, for, and yeah. we've, we've seen one of our coaches already depart for Spurs for Fulham. So I would like, I think that Parker might be there for the long haul. And if he is, I wish him the best of luck. He's got a challenge on his hands. His rhetoric's been quite interesting. He's come out and said, listen, I'm thinking of this long term because I want to help this football club, which is all very noble. He yeah, obviously, of course. of course, wants a first job in management. Interesting to see whether the club give yeah. him that chance because we have yet to hear anything from Fulham that suggests that he will be sticking around long term, but he is clearly a passionate bloke. We've got a caller on the line. Naushad from Enfield wants to talk about the performance against Dortmund. Naushad, what did you make of the game? Um, I was a bit nervous first half. We seemed to kind of do like a bit of a rope-a-dope. But luckily, um, Harry Kane managed to get that knockout blow and um, they seemed to lose all their fight. And, um, you know, and, you know, when you're facing the league leader of Germany, you know, it's always going to be a tough game. But luckily, we were able to see it through and managed the game very well. And Serge Aurier was... Um, I, I think he's played against him three or four times and he seems to have his best games. And I was hoping Jay... Rick we might know any way we could hypnotise him to think he's convince him he's always playing Dortmund because he actually knows where to tackle, he knows when to come forward, there are no stupid foul throws, it's just everything's really good about him. Tell us, who do you fancy in the quarterfinals? Um Pardon wants to play the like the best of the best. So you really want to play, you know, like the top teams. I mean I'd love I mean I know it's, it's a bit silly, but I'd love to play Atletico because it's just such a challenge. And to have, like, Pochettino to go against them, Simeone. Mm-hmm. I mean, to I don't know if they're both Bielsa pupils, but they're um, that'd be kind of cool just to see those two guys go against each other. But if I want to be... I want to get through the semis, I think you've got a real chance. And so, I suppose Porto, I, no disrespect to them, they're from European champions, but I'd say they're probably the... In whoever the last eight is, they're probably level with us in terms of being, you know, where 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 we'd be, like eighth favourites or something. You mentioned Serge Aurier. I thought he was really impressive, actually, uh, against Dortmund. I thought he was superb, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of criticism. Do you think, looking at a player like Sissoko, do you think that Serge Aurier could do the same? It's weird because Serge, he's very much Marmite. Like, like I said, like, these games against Dortmund, he's been superb. But mm. I was at a Palace game where he did God knows how many foul throws. So you, he was like, I don't know, maybe he doesn't have his spinach or something before a game or something. I don't know what it is, but he just seems spinach, to... Spinach, I like that. Like, Going full Popeye yeah. there now, Shad. Before you leave us, I'm going to have to look forward to the Southampton game, of course. What do you reckon is going to go on there? I'm going to put you on the spot, I'm afraid, live on air and ask for a score prediction. I am hoping for a 2-0. Hoping I'll, for a 2-0. T- I'll take three points. No matter how... Is that, no that Shubin, by the way? Is that Shubin? Yeah, no, no, it's just my real name. But Shubin's like a real name. We're debating, oh, can we go for Shubin? Yes, Shubin. How are you? I'm all right, Lee. How are you doing? Yeah, you right, good, mate? thank you. Yeah, good, good. Sorry, we were that's sitting there thinking, hang on. <sighs> uh, so we, didn't, we only know you're Shubin, so that's cool, man. So you reckon 2-0? Do you know what? I'll take a 1-0 of Hurricane's ass if it's very good. I think yeah. we all would, to be fair. I, I, I brought up, I don't know if you've been listening to the show uh, the, the whole time, but I brought up earlier, last year we went to um, uh, Southampton and we dropped, or Ericsson was ill, he was injured, and we had a woeful game, if you remember. We lost 2-1, do you remember? Yeah, no, was it 0-0 or was it 2-1? I can't remember. No, it was a draw, I think. I can't remember. Oh, was it a draw? It might have been 1-1, actually. Yeah, it might have been 1-1, actually. But it was woeful. Ericsson, the creativity. So we're looking for a better result than that, right? Well, hopefully. I I don't know, Ericsson. I don't don't know if you played golf or something, but 
Down the toilet for yips. Do you know what I mean? It's just nothing you do keeps you coming, it's coming off. Well, but she... I don't know, maybe he's leggy because he, he runs, I don't, apart from Sissoko, who runs more than Ericsson? That's what we've been yeah, saying tonight, yeah. We discussed true. that this evening. Well, Shubin, you've gone for a win. Thanks ever so much for your call. We're, of course, continuing to look forward to the Southampton game. And it's time for the Opposition View. The Opposition View on Love Sport. With that in mind, I'm delighted to say that we're joined on the line by James Truscott, who's a BBC Sport commentator and also a Southampton fan. James, it's not going perfectly for Saints. They are out of the relegation zone, but only just. Are you optimistic for this Spurs game? Yeah, I think the um, the optimism has been fluctuating over the past few weeks, over the past few games. I think certainly after the most recent Cardiff loss, that stung. And a lot of fans are going in the team and going in the Haas and Hootal. But I think um, cer- um, certainly the subsequent win and then the kind of near win against Manchester United have given us newfound confidence. And I think that really, while I don't expect us to win against Spurs, I just think anything like a good performance would do. And I think that, um, yeah, I think, I think that we can challenge any team, really. Like I said, I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't expect us to win, but I think... One thing that's a real problem for us is that Ings is still out injured for this Spurs game. Obafemi's out for the season. So I think in terms of strikers, we've been lacking, but that's been kind of offset by an increase in goals from midfield. So I think that, yeah, like definitely. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic. Like I said, I don't expect us to win, but I think we can definitely run Spurs a lot closer than they would like. And I think because obviously... Spurs are coming under increased pressure because um, I think you know where they where they saw themselves being in the league is beginning to slip away from them. Um, so I think yeah, we can probably capitalise on that. So last time out between the two sides, it was a it was a fairly comfortable win for Spurs in the end. I think a lot of Spurs fans were were obviously looking at Southampton's performance. It was uh, very disappointing. Um, that was, of course, the game before Hustle Hussle. Uh, what is that? Hazen oh, Hurtle. That's, that's the Ralph. one. Ralph. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> to, um, to, <laughs> easy for you to say, uh, Jamie. Uh, yeah. Um, that was obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. the game before he took charge. So, how, how have you? How do you think you've improved since then? Oh, massively, massively. Like Ben Narek couldn't even get into the match day squad under Hughes. Now, just an outstanding, outstanding centre back. Like really and truly, like I think he's someone that yeah I see. I think the big clubs will be chasing after him. The big clubs in Europe will be chasing after him before long. Um, Investor guards, his limitations are clear, but we're getting the best out of him. That's pleased with our defence and like Jan Valery just looks so at home in a right back position. And and I think those who follow our youth like thought that this could have been his progression after the past couple of years. So I think a lot of those positions are settled. And like I said, now we've got goals in the field like James Ward-Prowse has really upped his game. Like he, James Ward-Prowse has plateaued for like a number of seasons, but now he's getting goals, he's creating, he's doing everything, he's all action, just box to box. Um, and that's had a different dimension because before we were so dependent on our misfiring strikers to score, but now taking pressure off the strikers and, to the point where I don't think we really care who starts up top. I mean, Redmond's been tried as a central striker. Well, James, talking about the strikers, mate, I was seeing reports mm. today that Danny Ings could be in line for a return against Spurs. If that does happen, would he be Southampton's biggest threat? Yeah, I think Harzenu was saying today that he's not going to play. 
Was he not? Um, yeah, in the press conference. Um, and I think that my tendency would be not to risk him anyway. Uh, he would he would be our main threat. And it's unfortunate because he's a great signing, but uh, the amount of time he spends injured is really frustrating. I reckon we'll probably we'll probably go for um, Austin Austin up top, perhaps along with Redmond, or Redmond could maybe slot in behind. Because recently, I think over the past few games, we've reverted to the kind of um, you know three at the back um, thing with like a you know like a three either a three five two or a three four one one that type of thing. But it's it's, it's flexible. It's flexible. Did you, uh, um, James? It's Liam, mate. Uh, did you uh, did you see Tadic's goal um, in in the <laughs> oh, week? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. What, uh, or, or the play? Uh, it was it was incredible, wasn't it? From him, um, he didn't really mm. seem to get the best out of him. Maybe maybe uh, at Southampton, Who, who's kind of playing? I can't remember the player's name. He, he looks a really good midfielder for you guys, uh, playing really well. Um, scored a couple of fantastic Hoy-Bier? goals. Hoybier, is it Hoybier? Buffal, yeah, yeah. Sofian Buffal. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. But I mean, who who do you think going to be the main threat on uh, on the weekend? Well, Tadic thing, man. Like Pellegrino, who well, they didn't get the best out of anybody. I mean, <laughs> Tadic was a great player for us before, and then like our fans were hating on under um, on him under Pellegrino and Puel. But I think everybody was worthy of ire. I think he's always been a great player. I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. I mean. I mean, you're he gutted was, he's I, doing well. Aren't you pleased for him, James? No, he said pleased. No, no, I said I'm glad he's, he's doing well. Pleased, sorry. <laughs> I'm glad he's doing well, yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, I think the club wanted to get rid of him. Same with Cedric Suarez going on loan to Inter Milan in January. I think that was what the club wanted to do. I don't think he was begging to leave, but, yeah. I think uh, other weekends, I think, I threat, like I said, it's got to be the informed man, Ward Prowse. I think Redmond all season as well. Redmond he's a good player, been, isn't he? he is a good player. Both yeah. of them are good players, actually. Redmond, he, he, he looks like he can step up as well. Uh, you got is your is um, my namesake still down uh, down down there? McQueen, <laughs> Sam McQueen. You got Sam McQueen down there, don't you? Sam McQueen. I yeah. don't really, you know, I don't really know what's happened to him. He's kind of one that's he's he's, he's just fallen out of the picture. I think he's. He's probably a bit old now. I think we were waiting for Middlesbrough Middles- 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 on loan. Oh, really? Oh, good knowledge. That's what happens yeah. with us McQueens. We get old and they get, we get turfed out. That's what happens, James. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare. Um, I, just, I, I don't want to hog all the questions to you, but I, I, I absolutely have been really impressed, generally really impressed with Ralph. Uh, I'm not going to say his surname. Hustle, who's a hut? But I have, I, I have been really impressed with him. Have you, as Southampton side and the fans, have you been impressed? Yeah, definitely. I think there's. I think doubts crept in. I think, like I said, when um, Cardiff dealt us a second loss um, a couple of weeks ago. But I think we're working with a Fred Bear squad. In January, he explicitly said at the beginning of January, we're not really searching for signings. We're more just looking to trim the squad. And that's a, that's brave. That's brave. But I think that's. I think that that really shows him in a good light as a person, as a manager. Because a lot of managers came in, like Hughes, Pellegrino, Puel, and they're constantly asking to be backed. Constantly asking to be backed. Like, Pellegrino, we backed him to the tune of a 20 million club record striker. It was awful. Monaco's fourth choice striker, Carrillo. Like, that's how much backing we gave him. And I think Hasenhutl, to say that, oh, yes, the squad is good, the squad's better than people think, I'm going to work with the squad, and not really asking for signings. I think that's brave. And I think that... Um, in the long run, I think the fans will see the value in that. I, I know this is a bit of a bit of a, maybe it's still a sore point for for you guys, but do you know, it reminds me of Potocino. 
And I think that is the biggest compliment really? I can give Ralph. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, think, they're, about I think him they're different. Is, yeah, yeah, maybe they're different, but he reminds me of him when he first he's come to Southampton. He's got a, a way of playing, a philosophy about him. He's got, you know, wants yeah. to work the squad that he's got, the youth, the young. He brings some good people through. I think he's a very good signing for you, I have to say. I think, yeah, I have to say that. I think some of the similarities, because I've got a question for you actually in a sec, but I think, because I think some of the similarities, that, that you said there, like, I think are true like, in terms of the, the use of youth, in terms of like he likes to work with what he's got. I think Pochettino does. They're both very good at improving the players. Um, they, they both come with a clear philosophy, but I think that clear philosophy is different. My issue with Pochettino at Southampton, I think he's great. I think he's probably like, like probably the best he's had, but like, well, in recent years anyway, especially in recent years. But I think my issue with him is that he uses too small of a first-team squad. I think that like... Um, in in the long run, when he's playing that pressing style over the season, I don't think his squad can last. And I think that, that, is, that that's why Spurs can't win titles. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, interesting. Jamie, what do you think? Well, I mean, we look at the Cups. I just don't think that there's the depth there to compete on all fronts. Yeah. I think the priority for us, as we mentioned, is the qualifying for the Champions League. Um, so when we go to go for the Cups, in um, as we saw against Crystal Palace, we're just not strong enough to go for them and that's why I think we always end up getting disappointed um, one thing yeah. I also say with Pochettino is um, how much he likes to change is he's got a small group of players as we mentioned but he always seems to ch- make small changes and I think that that perhaps on occasions um, has hindered us just, just just quickly on that point so, sorry Johnny but just quickly on that point um, I've done the stats yeah. on this a few a few weeks back and obviously he's been building 29 Premier League games just in Premier League 29 Premier League games 27 different combinations of a back five. Like, literally, really we have not yeah. played the same back three, four, five, whatever you want to say. Mm. So goalkeeping, defence, we've not played stuff. the same combination more than yeah, twice. that's crazy. That's Especially ma- when you're working mad. with a, full, a small first-team squad, mm. like I said, exactly. it's like, it just seems to like just move like chess pieces about. I mean, the thing I'd say, though, mm. in terms of like um, stylistic differences, I think that like Pochettino... Um, Obviously, uh, like with, with some of the new signings, I think the Spurs have become more and more attacking. For me, though, he was always like, Riley likes to press. I think on the ball, he likes to keep the ball, pass it. Whereas I think Carlson, who was in Southampton, just comfortable without it. And it's more, more a counter-attacking team. Like, they like to press and then break. But I think that's why I think we got the goals against Man United. Because when we're playing counter-attacking, I think Burnley, Cardiff, they're happy to like sit back yeah. and then against us even though we're, we're also fighting relegation because that's our style they want to sit back against us but Man U didn't which allowed us in Arsenal didn't which allowed us in and hopefully the same with Spurs what I would say though and he was talking about um, uh, Pochettino there and his changes um, and also like the kind of notion of going for top four I think it's ironic I think Spurs fans like who are taking the mick out of Arsenal saying uh, like top four, top four, like all of this before. I think they're understanding what happened under Arsenal when the Emirates was getting built and Wenger was saying like, yeah, we can't really spend that much. Um, oh, we've got we've got to do you know this and that and like and when Arsenal seem to be getting top four, and I think that Spurs are really seeing like a similar model enacted. But I see I see so many parallels. Well, Spurs are doing a good job, and we they probably may need some more trophies. To be fair, but yeah, you know. <laughs> they may. Well, Arsenal didn't win that many in that era either. To be fair, <laughs> it was only after the Emirates, the FA Cup started rolling in. James, before you leave us, I'm gonna have to press you for a score prediction. What do you reckon for this weekend? Two one Spurs. 
2-1 Spurs. <laughs> it's a pessimistic Southampton fan. Good work, James. James. <laughs> James, you're very popular in the studio. Thanks ever so much for joining us. That was James Truscott there, BBC Sport commentator and, of course, a Southampton fan. Coming up, we'll be finding out exactly what the lads from the last word on Spurs think is going to happen. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Love Spurt. Love Spurt? Love Spurs. Spurs Spurs fan show here on Love Spurs Spurs. Sport Radio. And while you were there with your little break, a debate broke up in the studio. And I have to say that looking at it externally, not as a Spurs fan, I was surprised it was a conversation we were having. But it's being argued quite fiercely. The question, listeners, is should Harry Kane start at the weekend? Lee McQueen. Well, absolutely, absolutely no brainer. I mean, I'm going to take these two to town here because two, two three weeks ago, was it two weeks ago, this lot was saying to me, uh, and Chris Callum, by the way, and, you know, most of it, all my mates, Steph, ever, we you shouldn't haven't start got Kane. Grind, we sh- no, I'm just saying, like, we shouldn't start Kane. He shouldn't have started, you know, it is against Burnley. By the way, he scored against Burnley. He's now uh, started four and scored three. I mean, give it a rest. He's the best striker in the world, uh, number nine in the world, without a shadow of a doubt, and he should definitely be starting against Southampton. I think we had a tweet in earlier about should Lorente play it's a difficult one for Lorente we were just saying weren't we lads he's kind of mm. done his job hasn't he as a backup striker yep. and now Kane's back it's sorry Lorente you have to wait yeah. again that is why that second striker problem you look at dilemma is always going to be hanging over Spurs because when Kane is fit he plays and I'll stand by the point that you know, me, I, me and Jamie both said it uh, before that when Kane came into the team against Burnley it was a side that won five on the bounce. Mm. Lorenzo was playing well. Um, and I don't think it was the right time to bring him back then. But, you know, the truth be told, would Kane have gone on the run since of scoring yeah. against Arsenal? Would he have buried, exactly. would he have buried yes. that Dortmund goal? Yeah. He hadn't had 90 minutes in there the league against so, Burnley. And by the way, he scored against Burnley. Yes. Just, just saying. No, it wasn't his fault that we lost against Burnley. Of course right? it wasn't. He oh, scored. God. No, we were just poor against Burnley. But Kane's got to start the weekend. God, it's not even yeah, a formal for sure. for question. The question is maybe... Does er- does Deli Ali start? Oh, you because... said Ericsson. I didn't say Ericsson. No, listen, I want Ericsson to play. Of course, <laughs> the thing of Twitter is Twitter's a depends what social media platform you're on. Instagram, Twitter. If Ericsson didn't start, there'll be yeah. an absolute outrage. Why isn't Ericsson starting? But I think the main thing is, can we bring Ali back? Yeah. Because we've heard Pochettino come out and say that he's returned mm. to training this week. Available? Would you yeah. start him, Jay? So obviously, it was a hamstring injury that he uh, picked up. So. You've got to be careful with that. Um, but Deli Ali, that's going to be such a huge boost for mm, our, our tosh, the top four push. Um, and I also think that the, the three behind Kane in, in Sun, Ali and Ericsson, they all complement each other so well. And obviously we've been out him for such a, such a long time now. In the Premier League, exactly. Without a doubt. Exactly. I've said it so many times. They are, aren't they? When for they sure. are all firing, Better than City? Yeah, best front yes. four in the Premier League yep. for me. Then front four hands down. outstanding. Yeah, because you'd yep. have together. Yeah. Kane over Aguero and and I think that they are and they, as I said they complement each other so well um, maybe Son and Ericsson have been somewhat disappointing recently but I think that we will see the best mm. come out of them when Ali's brought back into the team you mentioned that great stat earlier though Jay I think it is down to tiredness yes. with Ericsson yeah, and also think, Sonny yeah. Sonny like Jason always says he does go through these peaks and the troughs where he has a wonderful run of form mm. then he does tail off then he comes back hopefully towards the end league uh, we'll find him again yeah I, I mean I, I said this on our WhatsApp group a couple of a uh, couple of um, a week ago or so you know people saying uh, I think actually Jamie might have been you said you know has Kane come in and upset the balance or something like, yeah. you know, a little bit around it I, I think it's that subconscious mind of Son 
a little bit like what we were talking about with Sissoko, right? We sold Dembele. Sissoko has to step up. He's got no choice. Mm. And, and actually, Son had to be the man because Kane was out. As soon as Kane comes mm. back, it's not that he maybe was getting in his way or anything. It was kind of subconsciously Son dropped off by 8% or yep. 10%. And he didn't mean to, maybe, but he did. Because he kind of maybe thought subconsciously, do you know what? Kane's back. Yep. Yeah. And if 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 Ericsson and Son had been kind of the the forefront of the team whilst Kane and Ali have been out, that maybe them coming back is that, that subconscious mind. I'm not saying it is, and I'm not having a go at anyone, by the way. I'm just saying, you know, we're human, right? We're course, human. Yes, it- when you've been up 110% for that period of time, and then you take a little dip, it might have been the break, or it might have been Harry coming back, or yeah. whatever. All of a sudden, you lose 5%, that notices. Yeah. And, you know, that could, it's small margins. We speak about it all the time. It's fine margins, isn't it, in this yeah, game? for sure. I think Sun also, the amount he's played now, three international tournaments in, in very exactly. in a very short it's amazing, period of time. Isn't it, Jamie? You know, and then, and then he's had to, um, the whole military service, so there's a whole emotional um, fatigue of that. So I think it was obviously to be expected that Sun was going to, start performing not as well as he has done so um, I don't think it's too much of a worry with Sun. What's for sure is if um, if Brighton win their FA Cup tie against Millwall yeah. and uh, and uh, after the Liverpool game we've got something like three weeks off Yeah. so if yeah. it was the break that hindered <laughs> us against Burnley um, brace yourself Spurs fans <laughs> we're going to have a shocker in mm. April. <laughs> it's interesting to see what they're going to do I think there was talk of um, perhaps us going out to Barcelona it's a place we've been yeah, before That's right. obviously Pochettino's home and um, Maybe some warm weather. So I, th- yeah. I think we went out there uh, recently, didn't we, for a one-one draw? Oh, <laughs> get in there, Lucas. <laughs> Can I just say, guys, before we have to bid farewell, it's been a great show. Listen, we've enjoyed it as hmm. always. Just a reminder, just to encourage listeners to vote for the last word on Spurs ahead of the Football Blogging Awards, which is going to be hosted on the 9th of May. Again, we want to thank you ever so much for all your support for the show, both on the Love Sport platform and our own platform, where you know we get two shows a week from us here. We've got a wonderful panel now in place that, you know, we love doing the shows each and every week. So for you to vote for the last word on Spurs at the Football Blogging Awards, you simply go to your Twitter account and put in, I am voting for at last word on Spurs in at the FBAs for best podcast. So please, guys, get in touch. Please register your votes. It'd be amazing. Guys, girls, get involved. Get us to finally win a trophy. Hashtag. Come on. <laughs> it could happen. Hashtag. We need your help. Something for the cabinet. Gents, it's been a fantastic show. Thank but you, I'm Johnny. afraid I put James Truscott on the spot, our Ooh, Southampton oh. caller. I'm going to have to put you all on the spot, just going round in a circle, starting with you, Jamie. A score prediction for Spurs versus Southampton, please. Spurs are going to win 2-0 and Harry Kane will score and so will Son. Okay. Perfect stuff. Uh, after our masterclass of defending uh, as a team and as a unit, uh, we'll probably concede three. No, uh, I think <laughs> we, will, we will keep a clean sheet again. I think we will, and uh, I think we'll score. I think we'll score three. I think it's going to be a very, very good weekend for Tottenham Hotspur. I'm going to join the panel amongst the goals. I'm also going to say three. And just a reminder, guys, on the voting for the FBAs, 12 p.m. midday. It opens. Just a reminder. Get, Get those voting. Votes in. Get it's, voting for us. It's been us. the perfect Tottenham show, really. A fantastic Champions League result. A win, Come possibly, on, at the weekend. And a 3-1 defeat for Arsenal. See you next week.
Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.